we struggle and overcome forging and foregoing the stained glass mosaic of our character. Welcome to episode 32 of the Becoming Human podcast. This week, I sit down with Jordan Shaver. I met him at an open mic. He's a comedian and entrepreneur who has wiggled and writhed navigating his mind. You can find him on Instagram as King Shad Rack 69. Ooh, 69. I think he's down to fuck. And I really enjoy these conversations because they they remind me that my insecurities are delusion. It's all bullshit. And to stop indulging in the idea that I'm all alone with something, that I'm isolated, or that uh, um, only this set of bullshit plagues me, like um, whether it's uh, insecurities or, or thinking that I'm like the lowest common denominator in the room. And trying to get to the point to where I'm less and less surprised by that. I don't know, it's, it's, it's a fun learning process, and meeting people who, who struggle with that as well, um, they poke that delusion, and I feel a little less delusional, at least every time. In this episode, we talk about writing, um, helping others who are struggling, and even, when, when do you, you know, cut somebody off who... who is stuck in that same obstacle almost indefinitely and I also kind of picked Jordan's brain for comedy because I'm just kind of getting into comedy and making and trying to understand it and it's a lot different than poetry and I haven't really had many people to uh to get to understand their process. And I'm really interested in the mindset that causes someone to gravitate towards performing and towards writing. But I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And sorry it's been a little while. I kind of had a crash and burn. I overloaded myself doing unnecessary pursuits based out of fear and trying to be practical you know, going after the career that would make, that I know would make people proud. Or that I that I know would generate income. Things that were safe, that, last, that lacked risk. But doing the things that I want to do, writing, performing, interviewing, and traveling, those aren't really that risky. Sure, there's no predetermined path that's laid out before me. And if I don't do well and don't learn from my mistakes, then I would undoubtedly be unsuccessful. But I think we all make it work in the end. I don't know. I'm excited for this shit, though. I'm kind of narrowing it down, trying to figure out, you know, what I really want to spend my time doing. And I think I've known it all along without actually confronting it. But I'll do a solo episode in the future, kind of doing my takeaway on it. Um, 
I put a little outro music on this episode by All One Voice called Seas and Sazium. It really jives with kind of the overall feel that I got from Jordan. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And if you do, go check him out on Bandcamp as All One Voice or YouTube or hit him up on social media. I hope you guys enjoy this episode and have a wonderful transition into winter. <laughs> Bye. That when people tell me that, that they're like trapped in a particular area, or you know, they, they feel uh, helpless in the sense of their options, mm-hmm. um, I almost think that a lot of it, is, or almost all of it, is most of it is psychological. Yes. Yeah. A physical adversity um, is a manifestation of a psychological adversity at times um, because, like, you can be resourceful in sense. And I don't mean like pull yourself up by your bootstraps. There are some people who are like, they're fucked. Yeah. But I think they're fucked because psychologically they're fucked. Yeah, you get in a repeating mental pattern of like a way of thinking that like if you... Yeah, it's really weird to talk about without having an exact scenario. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like if if you are trapped in there, usually there is something in there that you're doing that you could change that would shift things just enough to where you could do another thing yeah. like that and like wiggle your way out. And Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of that lately, uh, getting control of my company and everything like that. So Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like I've experienced that my, myself with basically starting from, uh, from scratch, all the people that I had around me who could, uh, be my mentors not people necessarily that you'd want to be their ment- mentors. They're at their own versions of rock bottom. Yeah. And so, and I, I have to somehow rationalize or to have a way of dealing with the idea that some people don't wiggle themselves out. So what do you do? Do you like step in or is it that you provide the opportunity for when they want to wiggle themselves out? Uh, like, are you talking like, um, like to, to help somebody else out? Yeah. Like someone, like for instance, if, uh, say you struggled with addiction Uh and some people struggle with addiction their entire lives. Yeah. Other people struggle with it for uh, a shorter time or not their entire life. Yeah. And is it your responsibility as someone who makes, uh, non-destructive choices to step in and intervene. But in that process, uh, it almost always ends up in destroying both relationships on the end. Yeah, to me, like, I've I've dealt with that before, where it's like, um, I feel like if it's not costing me too much time and effort, and they're willing enough to, like, if I say, hey, maybe try doing this, and they are, and they, like, jump on it, I'm not going to prod anybody to do anything. I'm going to tell them, one thing and if they're receptive to it and then they they're still like trying to improve mm-hmm. and I'm like oh well maybe try this and they do that like then but like if they for whatever reason are still like in a self-destructive mode yeah um it sucks to watch but I'm not I have better things to do like I have my problems to deal with and I like can only help so much before I'm like so I have to like after a while just be like well you know you know the first, the last thing I told you to do when you feel like doing it, like that's, you know, don't come to me for help. Like, cause that's the answer. Like, that's all I could tell you is stop doing this maybe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, maybe stop hanging out with these friends that are always offering you shit and maybe, you know, 
do like little changes, but if they won't do that and yeah. you know, yeah. I, I completely agree with that and um oftentimes some yeah, oftentimes it, some people are they can get confused with being selfless and selfish. Like that would be a selfish thing, but I think it isn't. No. In the sense of like, um, you can love someone even with the even with telling them no. And, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because you talk about like starting, um, the or maintaining this business rather, and um, doing something that that is essentially on your own. And I have I'm in a similar place. I'm not starting or I'm not maintaining my own business, but I'm pulling myself out mm-hmm. of um, bad scenarios and at every step of the way the group that I find myself in at that bad scenario some of them um, some of them would come to me and they would ask me for help but at some points like I would offer I'd say well you could do this and that just like you're saying tit for tat if you will mm-hmm. and if they don't do that then I'm like that's life. Yeah. You, you once you, if you're ready, you can always come back to me. But otherwise, you know, I, that you you have your own struggles, and I respect that. Right. And, and I, it's something that I wrestle with because as I am trying to get better in, at the things that I'm doing and learning new things, at almost every level, I'll find people who are stuck at that level, and other people who aren't stuck at that yeah. level. Yeah. Movie. And I, it's hard for me to wrestle with that. Yeah. It, for me, it's just like I I already don't have my own shit figured out. Yeah. yeah so like, um, and also I look at what it took me to get to where I am, and then I look at like what they have of that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I see that they are so far removed down, like they're not thinking for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes when somebody comes to you for help, it's because they like haven't got sometimes they come and ask you questions that they could figure out on their own and sometimes uh when i've needed help the most uh people like turn their back on me and i still figured it out so i don't feel like if if i'm the only key to their success then it wasn't going to work out anyways oh yeah 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 so to me, I'll help, and I really like to help, but I like can only help. I can only give so much effort, and uh-huh. then it's just not worth my time to do it because it's still something that they could do on their own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, to me, I had a big flaw of blaming other people for where I was, and that made it easy to accept where I was and not do any work to get out of it. And so. After I started blaming myself for the predicament that I was in, then I stopped asking other people for help. And I just did, I don't like this. I'm going to do like anything that I came across that annoyed me or started like, why am I putting up with this? Can I change it? Well, that would be a lot of work, but like, what would it take to change it? And well, I need to do this, 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 and this, and I kind of break it down and go, okay, well then the first step would be to do this, and then just start making minor improvements everywhere in my life, and slowly but surely I'm getting a little bit farther. And yeah, yeah, and you just like you can't do everything all at once, mm-hmm. but um, I'm in a thought process right now where I just want to. Uh, like strive for constant improvement in everything that I'm doing. Like if I'm going to be eating all my life to survive, um, I'd like to like pay attention to what I'm eating and how it makes me feel 
during the day and try and hone that and uh, become a little bit healthier throughout my life just through nutrients and all that. And then at the same time, get a little bit better at cooking. Pay attention. Don't just throw like macaroni and cheese in. Like maybe try and cut some potatoes and throw, you know, some sauce, you know, whatever um, minor. Like I, I'm a shitty cook, but like I'm a little, uh, I'm a lot better than where I started though. So like, um, yeah, each each time I'm doing something, I try and do it a little bit better. And, uh, yeah, it just helps me, um, not get stuck in one thing too. I feel like people have this one goal overall goal. And I feel like that's, um, only one thing. Like you also need to like be getting better in other things too. And then you see how to get better at it by doing like, it's a repeating pattern that like, if you, learn how to learn then you can learn you can learn several things so yeah there's a structure to it and i try and practice it with everything i do i've realized that with um, doing archery and turning around in uh, riding for instance mm-hmm. whereas like if i uh, so archery if you're trying to hit a bullseye right and you obsess over the idea of okay this arrow is going to hit the bullseye this arrow is going to hit the bullseye do everything you can to hit, hit the bullseye you're going to miss, and you're going to miss badly. Okay. Because that's, uh, whoops, sorry, uh, results-driven. So there's a difference between being results-driven and process-driven. Yeah. And it's focusing on breaking it down, creating micro-goals within a single moment, because with archery, you got to replicate the same form every time. Yeah. And if you have micro-goals of, okay, put my arm straight out, mm-hmm. and then draw the bow back, anchor in uh, my scapula, or the muscle in your back. Right. And then... Uh, Put your anchor your hand onto your face, same position every time. You're not thinking anything about the bullseye, mm-hmm. and your accuracy will go up tremendously. But it taught me that about writing. I was frustrated, man. I'm like, I'm trying to put together this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? I was writing about uh, a couple people going to uh, the Olympic National Forest, you know, big old rainforest really cool moss and shit around and I was doing this mushroom where it takes over their mind and there was all this freaky shit <laughs> yeah. with it. But I got stuck because I was trying to focus on, okay, what the story is supposed to look like, the finished product while I was writing it. So okay, yeah, yeah. In writing, which is practically impossible to do. Yeah. And I learned that, um, I learned independent of archery that you, um, it's a very good practice. Like I think that Hemingway talks about it often. Um, I think in his book on writing. No, no, no. That's Stephen King. I just finished that book. I just finished it today. Doesn't he talk about in his book where it's um, you just write and you go back and write with the door closed and uh, just keep going until it's done and don't edit it. Don't show it to anybody else. Mm -hmm. Don't think about it. Don't reread it unless you are like just uh, need uh, to brush up on a detail like who like who's this person or whatever like that. But then short of that, then like you write it all out and then you put it away mm-hmm. and then once you kind of detach from it and it's somebody else's thing now like it's your former self's writing then you can come back to it and like start process too mm-hmm. and uh but yeah it's a very structured uh chain of events that needs to happen to like i mean and it it's um it's not a like a hard set rule, but it's a good 
practice to follow mm -hmm. and you can you can play with it but if you do this it'll probably work and it makes a lot of sense too the the way he says it so i'm definitely going to be trying that but and that's what i'm trying to implement too unfortunately i haven't been able to read it yet Oh, you haven't read no, the book? I'm going to pick it up, though. I oh, man. See, that's you got to read it. It's got, so, it's like hard to put down. Really? Yeah, oh, very gosh, hard to put man. down. I just, um, halfway through the, um, what is it? The Art of, the Art of, or the War of Art. Okay, I, that's uh, on my book list. Yeah, so, yeah. that's a good one, oh, man. Fuck it's, it. Yeah. And, like, that's, when I saw that, though, that's when it clicked with me, and it was that difference, because in archery, too, you, it's important to record your scores. Okay. And so, it, during just during the practice. And so that you're not like, when you miss and you pull your arrows out and you come back and fire, once again, you, you don't want to think about the results that you're getting. You want to focus on your process. And when you're done and detached from the action from that day of practice, you will focus on the actual process or the results. And then you'll tomorrow, you'll alter your process and response to that. And it's just like in the sense of writing, if you will. Yeah, um, one one of the things that like kind of uh, I keep coming back to like yeah. is because uh, I'm freshly learning guitar mm -hmm. uh, from like ground up and uh, like there's a little there's set ways to learn where um, a big thing is like if you're if you're gonna learn a new like uh, sentence or a riff or whatever uh, of notes and everything and you want to do a scale or whatever you start off really slow and get the timing exact and it's like you you do this certain set of things and then you speed it up and speed it up but you don't rush yourself pay attention to each step one at a time in the order that they come do it until you like do it perfectly and don't move on until you have that that uh scale done perfectly and then you can speed it up after that but then when you hit that wall where you're not doing it perfectly you kind of stay there until you can do it at that speed perfectly and slowly go and it's the same thing with like the archery then mm -hmm. if you are pulling back like raise your bow pull back lock the your trap in the place or whatever and then um do whatever usually it's probably all in that same order every time yeah. and you just mentally you can maybe speed it up to the point where like you're a little bit more accurate each time you do it and you you lock in that one thing that you do then the next thing that you do each step you have to do it perfectly and then if you do them all perfectly in order then it's going to be really accurate and then you can kind of speed it up mm -hmm. at that point. And like, I feel like that in my life is like, take everything that I'm doing, get up and brush my teeth, uh, then head out the door, um, or, you know, make breakfast, right? So if breakfast is the first thing, then I'd like to make a healthy breakfast that isn't going to tire me out and whatever so I'm worried I, I'm just like trying to pay attention to everything that I do in life and instead of doing it like maybe all in order there are things that I keep repeating that if I'm always aware when I'm doing them I'm going to naturally get better and if 
I'm not repeating it. I might not get better at it, but like, I'm not going to just only work on certain things. I'm going to try and work on everything and just be aware and notice and try and get better because even that's a practice by itself. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's the thing that I, I think is really important is the, the action of noticing because doing and uh, being present is two different things. And I don't, I don't know how it's usually coated in fucking dripping and flowery hippie shit, but like, um, with weightlifting, you find a similar thing too. Is where like if you're uh, lifting weights and you're not paying any attention, mm-hmm. so if you're just like uh, on autopilot lifting weights, they actually I really wish I would have had this paper. But there's it's proven that the results are different, mm-hmm. and it's with, yeah. I think they're even using the same weights, everything. Yeah, and, um, it had something to do with. Um, their explosiveness and their slow twitch muscle muscle fibers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, like I, I could see it. If you're mind, mindlessly doing it, you're not going to be looking at your form as much. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be constantly aware of every little detail as you're doing it. And it's also, you're probably going to, like you're just going to miss things that you wouldn't have missed if you were paying attention that like you need to improve on. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you're mindfully doing it, you don't go up all the way every time you miss a couple and you don't, because you're not paying attention to you, it doesn't stick in your mind. Like you just miss that tighten up and go up all the way, come down all the way. And then like, if you're mind mindlessly doing it, you're, you're going to not, you know, do it as well. And then if you're not, <laughs> you're practice, if you're not doing it perfect, you're also practicing doing it wrong. Oh, and ingraining like a, a yeah. negative behavior yeah. in your subconscious or yeah, in yeah. your habit essentially. So then your your brain has that wiring of this is how we do it because this is how we're doing it. And then you just like kind of uh, dig yourself in a hole. Yeah, and yeah. That, that makes me think too where I've had that in my life where it was like, I just switched that bitch on autopilot. <laughs> <the whole day. laughs> yeah, and like yeah. In the mornings it was like a flurry. I'd get up just enough time to leave. I wouldn't make shit, like I wouldn't take time. I would make my breakfast based on the time that I had. So yeah. I didn't breakfast and I would just feel like fucking shit. I'd pack four bananas so I wouldn't have to think about <laughs> Yeah. And it was like the, my quality of life just boom. Yeah. Fell out. And to be very clear, I'm very horrible at my diet, right? <laughs> like, uh, I, I, I do not have it down. Um, like, I do that shit all the time. Like, I'm out of time. And right now, I'm stretched very thin because I have multiple projects going on. And um, sometimes I will kind of get into writing or reading or whatever and stay up way too late, way past where I should. And Or I'm just hanging out downtown and watching things and hanging out with people, meeting new people. I've met a lot of new people lately. Yeah. Uh, you're one of them. So, yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, my – man, I got a little bit of a cold a while back, and then I just kept staying up late, um, catching my, myself – outside like without a coat or anything and it's like one o'clock in the morning and i'm just hanging out so i'm a little bit chilly or whatever and then i'm also drinking and whatever and it turned that cold turned into like so bad i was on my like in my bed for like three days yeah yeah so like i just soup and like i couldn't look at a screen at like yeah so uh i'm bad (laughs) i'm very bad at certain (laughs) things And I, for me too, it's like a huge work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to play a lot of video games when I was a kid, and 
I used to uh, play a lot of video games when I was a kid, and cleaning my room was really fucking difficult <laughs> for yeah. me. Like I, I fucking I hated it. In relationships, for instance, if I had a conflict, I would turtle up and um, either be you know yell, yeah. or I would somehow uh, get away from the the situation. Like I would let's be passive. Be very passive. Okay, yeah, just like uh, uh, get very introverted mm -hmm. and just yeah. And then, like the um, school, similar thing. Whereas like the subjects they were teaching me, maybe it was the way that they're teaching me. Fuck that. Nah, I'm not interested. Yeah. I but video games. Like the whole idea of you know if you play uh, like Fallout 4 for instance. Okay, I haven't played that, but I vaguely know what it is. If, so if you start out, you know, it's just like any video game, you start out on like level one, mm -hmm. and you're working your way up to go through the whole storyline, and it's basically this huge hero's journey. Okay. That was interesting to me, and then when it ended, like when I beat the game, the reward was taken away, and then yeah. I wanted a new one. <clears throat> For some reason, it didn't connect with me that if I would have spent that time running, writing, yep. um, fuck, even fucking if you yeah. Then the 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 glass ceiling of that would give me a sense of fulfillment, not because of the thing that I'm doing, just because of the amount of struggle and um, yeah, the amount of struggle. Yeah. It, it's it, hand over fist a more pleasurable experience mm -hmm. than those video games. But where I see is like you talk about cooking. Some people are like, oh, I gotta I gotta do more work on that, or I gotta count calories, or I have to, you know, worry about macros or something Yeah, like and that. they like, treat it like work. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it could be fun, because that's where I got into this thing where I was, uh, I was, uh, I went through all, not all, but most diets, mm -hmm. and it was only because someone would be like, hey, bro, veganism <laughs> is good for you, and I'm like, mm, I'll try it for six months, and I'll figure it out just for myself, not for anyone else, right. for myself. Right. And I treated it like a game. What can I cook out of this? Because I used to be a chef. Oh, okay. And okay. So it was, I gamified it. And I found out with, like, it's obvious because I know a lot of people that do it and even do it um, sometimes unintentionally. But you can gamify these things to make them fun and interesting. Mm -hmm. Because when I, I cook food, no one has ever told me that my food is bland. And it's not because I'm some great chef. It's just because I made a game of it. How can I make the best food? with only these kind of ingredients. Right, and then you like you start learning how to cook better like with greens and different yeah. vegetables or whatever and like you that's even if you're doing that that's not wasted time because you learned how to use that medium and like deal with that and uh, uh diversify. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh the video games were a big uh part of like why like I spent man, I would come home uh, when I was like 19, I would either work or play video games, and I worked a night shift, so then when I came home, I would play video games up until like 7 or 8 in the morning, oh my God. and then I would go to bed, so I didn't ever see my family, yeah. So, but, which is pretty cool sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, you're like, holy shit, I live by myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then, like, uh, I racked up all these uh, achievement points that, like, I would try and, like, get any achievements that came with a certain game and, like, get all of them. And I was, like, um, would try and get the little avatar um, for the Xbox. They come, like, if you do whatever, you might get a 
trench coat for your avatar or whatever or a cool hat for him and it was kind of like a hipster thing too because like I was like oh if I could do this really hard thing then I get this hat and then when I'm looking through all my friends uh, uh, things or whatever I see a, a cool thing and I'm like oh man how did he get that and then I look at it and like oh you did that that's really cool mm -hmm. but um like that's only so cool. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it was very empty. Uh, and then I started being all like, man, if I if I spent this much time on anything else uh, that was like tangible, then I would be in a pretty good place right now. And instead, I'm just like grumpy all the time. I'm working and I can't get out of this job. And I can't, it's because I don't know how to do anything mm -hmm. because my hobby is so unrelated to anything that I, like, I would hate to play video games as a job all my life because, like, that's just not who I am. Like, it's, it's a fun game, but I don't want to have to do it as, like, work. I don't like to go up and try and find glitches and everything. Yeah. My cousins would, and it would drive me nuts. Like, I only wanted to do the campaign and that was it. Mm -hmm. So, um, or play online, but, uh like yeah it only gets you so far and I would spend so long and that's when I started playing guitar it's like if I spend this much in practice and treat it like that because it was the same thing I was goal oriented in that like I was trying to get like everything done in like I was trying to do tasks in the uh in the game and then I was like well why don't I do this task of uh play this long every day um, try and get through this much of um, material of like I, I got the like the um, kind of I think it's Hal Leonard or whatever uh, little starter books where it teaches you how to read music and how to do a chord or whatever and then I'd go okay I'm learning these three chords uh, tonight or um, you know not tonight but like these are the next things I'm learning yeah and then I would learn that fingering and then do it slow until I got it perfect and then keep trying to speed it up and like do a like um, a repeating pattern of chords so um, then I would get good at automatically putting my fingers where they need to go and then I felt comfortable like I know this chord now and then um, go to the next thing is like oh, okay either learn this chord or let's try and learn a song or do whatever and it's just like a game but like now I can play little songs and I uh I the other thing too is though that I really enjoy doing it so I wouldn't do that with something that I didn't enjoy so you also I think have to like really just go out and find things that you like that you want to do all your life and that's the thing that, that I always like to um, think about is if you had someone who was is spending like 10 years of their life or yeah 10 years of their life um, painting cooking mm -hmm. washing yeah. windows and they have always um, really enjoyed woodwork they're, they have if you look at it on like so like a this is kind of expanding it out into like education how I feel like we don't um, we don't teach people to, to kind of give them that skills to go seek your shit basically mm -hmm. yeah um, and, and try to understand yourself yeah it's not encouraged at least uh, scholastically yeah um, especially like um, from a like the older generation mm -hmm. style like I don't know what it's like in school right now but um, I mean they're 
like I'm hoping that it's become a little bit more like you would know better uh, having a kid, but like it works on computers in kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah, so like I'm ho- kind of getting to feel like uh at least in my circle I've seen kids that are being pushed to do like uh you know, encouraged to try like everything and not poo-pooed about like oh no, you're never going to get a job doing this or whatever. That I used to hear all the time about people complaining about their parents saying, "Oh, you'll never get a job doing this." Now it's people like going, yeah, uh, try that and try that and try that. And you seem like you're doing good here. So maybe you can make a job at doing this, even if there's not one for you right now. People realize that like taking risks can benefit you. Yeah. And oh, yeah, you say creating value. (laughs) That thing with, you know, even on uh, on a sociological standpoint, that that person who would spend 10 years doing something they don't want or don't like necessarily would not be as um, as advantageous to our society as they could be because their potential because like podcast I started off podcast doing it for free yeah and I would spend hours into the night doing it I didn't think I'm gonna make money off of it it was just I like this yeah and if I would slave away over that for something for free if I can make a living off of that I would just I would kill not because I'm making a living off of it because I'm obsessed yeah. Like when you're when you're doing it despite not making money and um like if you're not making money at doing something but you're like I'm gonna do it anyways and like not because I think later on I'll be making money, it's just like almost to a point where like if this is gonna kill me, um, I love it so much that then it'll kill me but I'll die doing what I love type of thing. And then like if you can get over that hump where you get good enough to where other people want to pay you, then that's such a bonus because you love it that much that like now you're getting paid and you love it that much is like pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. And I think all you have to do, like if you're working on yourself, like the, the way to get paid at something I feel like is to give, if you give value, then other people will, like reciprocate that yeah exactly in some form yeah i've come to realize that because i I came from idaho Mm -hmm. i I lived in california i moved to idaho and idaho you have uh uh, culturally it's a little bit uh, behind yeah just a little bit yeah yeah yeah. and um coming from idaho it was that kind of feeling is you know these are the jobs because it was all labor over there right and uh coming over here when i was in idaho i was because it was a big labor industry, your um, how the class was stratified with people at the top obviously are like managers and CEOs of labor industries, and then it goes all the way down the bracket uh, to the you know labor and then service mm-hmm. industry. Uh, so you didn't have neuroscientists, you didn't have very many artists outside of there. Um, so when I would talk about I want to be a writer, good luck. Yeah. And I have realized now in talking, meeting um, you know a variety of people, and even like listening to different podcasts, reading books, just trying to educate myself, mm-hmm. um, that the difference between, maybe I might be, I'm interested to see what you think on this, Okay. but the difference between um, doing, trying to make money based off of a skill or an idea, why some people would say that um, it's unlikely that you'll be successful versus um, trying to uh, work within a, a hierarchy within a company, for instance, um, the difference is, is it's a personal minefield. 
Because within a company, you have to vie for other people's good graces. Yeah. Or you have to perform mm -hmm. to get pushed up the hierarchy. But if you're a comedian, if you're a, a painter, or even if you're developing products uh, and trying to put it out, yeah. if they're not good, you, no one is holding you accountable for this. The only way to make money and be successful at it, or to, to make you know more money, essentially, yeah. uh, would be to be analytical, would be to be objective, and to break down all of these barriers that that whole people that are obstacles in everyday life. And if you can't transcend those, you're, it's going to be a lot more difficult to be a successful writer. Because if you're a shitty writer, you got work to do. Yeah, I think that no matter like what no matter what you're doing, that um there's a a path to be successful at whatever like if you what I've been doing is like putting a goal out there and then like figuring out what it would take to get to that goal and like actually mapping out what I need to and sometimes it's even stuff that I'm like oh I already know what to do but it's like a blur in my mind mm -hmm. and so when I like write it out or like think about it then it like you dust it off and you clear up like oh, okay I need to do this like tomorrow mm -hmm. I need to go do this and then after that I need to call this person line this thing up go do this make like do schedule these many jobs or you know whatever and then slowly you start building it up and to me building my business is uh the same pattern as doing comedy as doing uh the the window business that uh that we're building um there's there's things that are different but at the same time, the overall how to get there is the same. Mm -hmm. And you just have different steps that you have to take to get into it. Like you're going a different direction, but there's still a way to get there. You got to map it out. You got to say, where am I going in the first place? And that moves all the time. But to identify where you're going keeps you from walking in a circle, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. And to be able to be consistent. Yeah. And follow through with those things. That's yeah, like I feel like if you just go wander around in the woods, you're 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 gonna get lost pretty quick. But if you're like, no, I'm gonna go from here to over there, and like, um, you sit down and you actually map it out, and you have a map and a compass and all this stuff, then you're not gonna get lost. You're you're gonna be able to go up, go hike a mountain, um, maybe go navigate you know just navigate that, that's the trickiest thing too because in like um, hunting for mushrooms and um, hunting for instance uh, not you're not going to be like I tried hunting in the sense of like so for me um, I wouldn't prepare I would wing shit mm -hmm. yeah I was forced to when I started hunting because mm -hmm. I wasn't like the, the only way to be successful when I wing it is to be lucky and that's very unlikely yeah and so I was forced to do that and now that you're bringing that up like a lot of other things, it, I used, I wasn't like that purely in my life. I didn't have very much structure. Yeah. And then I started implementing structure over the past couple of years in response to things that I did for fun mm -hmm. required that. And then I realized that I need that in my life. Yeah, like um, when when I'm doing stuff, um, like when you when i try and get better at everything i end up catching myself asking like certain questions over and over uh like uh okay like if something if i don't understand something i'm quicker to like say i i don't understand this uh say it a different way or like what do you mean by this 
I was a, like a really bad in school and everything because like I didn't want to speak up and I didn't want to go and study on my own like either. Insecurity kind of thing? Uh, very insecure, yeah. yeah very insecure. I still face that like in school right now. I'm trying to overcome that with math. Mm-hmm. Um, is uh, You would say pride, but I would say insecurity. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, like I'd be like... I feel like I'm the only one that doesn't get it, and I don't want to stop the class just mm-hmm. to help me out. But so then, people don't get it either. Yeah, and the, sometimes, like maybe you are um, stopping the class, and you you quickly realize that oh man, maybe this is above my head or whatever. Um, but like a lot of times that I like, I feel like if I did ask, then it would have been a good question. And I would have learned something and nobody else would have been annoyed. And I just never did it. And I think then, like, if you do it and then you find out that, oh, I didn't die and it turned out to be a good thing, then you're going to do it again. And if it was a bad thing, then maybe you reassess that and go, I'm not going to do it again. But to not even try, that's, you know, that's kind of where the bullshit is. Mm-hmm. Like, you're you're just going to, like, for me, yeah. I just never ask, yeah, never ask questions, but, um, like, asking questions, a big one, and, like, just, like, trying to figure it out, a lot of times I'm asking, like, why am, like, why am I doing it this way, or, um, a big thing to me is, like, if I find something annoying, I am, I try to be quick to fix it, and go, uh, I don't want this to annoy me anymore, so I'm gonna fix this, and uh, do it a better way. Um, it's, it's interesting. Was there a moment where you started doing that? Like something that made you think that? Yeah, uh, a big uh, thing. And man, it's just because I procrastinate so bad oh, and I'm really that lazy yeah. that there's certain things that I would procrastinate on that I was like, this I can never procrastinate on again. I just can't do that anymore because it was getting me into too much trouble, whether it was like, never paying attention to my finances until I completely run out. And then I'm like, oh, man, wish I had some money right now. Yeah, yeah, like shit like that. Or I'd have a bill that I just would not get around to paying until it was like double what it would have been because all the late fees and everything. And like I was really bad, bad about that. And I'm still bad about that. I have a fucking parking ticket on my dash right now. (laughs) (laughs) That is probably double. I had a dentist um, bill and it became $80. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So like I, I try and be more proactive too with some of the stuff, but like, I don't know. I, that's a good starting point, though. Is is if something's annoying, just stop. You want like, to ride the same roller coaster? Yeah, it's not enjoyable. It, it's just a good practice, you know, uh, a little tool to uh, get on the get momentum up of like moving in a positive direction. Because annoyances are really easy to change too. It seems like because they're just kind of annoying. And if they're not, then sometimes they deal with it. But like if something on a truck is broken, then and or it's like rattling or whatever, and I need some movement in my life, I'll I'll fix it and go. I'm not putting up with this, and I'll fix it, and then I'll start like looking around for other things to fix and like move on. But you know, if I'm really comfortable, I'll pretty much let it slide until yeah. I'm not comfortable. So yeah, <laughs> realizing trying to catch it before then, like momentum, yeah, a huge thing because even in like. In the terms of destructive behavior or uh, constructive behavior, mm-hmm. like a lot of it has to do with momentum. When you're looking at someone on the outside who's been doing it for a long time, like 
a runner, for instance, mm-hmm. and you're like, how do you run 60 miles in a week? What yeah. the fuck? And um, that, that momentum yeah. of just doing almost anything. Like, I, you see people doing extreme things, for instance. I mean, some people are exceptional, I, I suppose, but it would be like it's just following up with that momentum, yeah. you know? Well, uh, like some of the, uh, how, what I would do is like, um, uh, hmm, like I, I have a tendency to either be too cheap or, uh, too, um, like kind of down on myself about like, if I'm doing something where I need to buy this special gear that, um, Mm -hmm. would make my life a little bit easier if I had it. Sometimes I'll either be like, well, I don't want to look like some novice who went out and bought all this special gear and now they're like uh, sucking at it but like thinking that the gear is going to save them or mm. be like I, I don't can't afford that or whatever at the moment so I'm just going to jump into it now but then when I finally like start using the right gear then I'm like oh shit I should have done this a long time ago it really makes my life easier yeah, yeah so like um, that's a lot of, uh, the little stuff that I'm doing. I, I bought a lot of, um, the right tools that I, I was using tools that I was just getting by on. Uh, like, uh, I was just recently, I, um, cause I had this drill that I used for a certain thing that I do with the gutters and, um, then I broke it. And then I just bought a little hand tool to do the job. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I just kept using that. And I got lazy and I never, like, went out and bought another drill. So I, every time I hit this thing, I was like, oh, shit, I got to use this little hand tool. God yeah. damn it. And then I do it and then I'd forget about it again until the next time and I still didn't have the drill. Mm-hmm. And then finally, uh, after over a year, I bought another drill for that, just that thing. That's that drill. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have done that a long time ago. <laughs> might be a bit of a stretch, but uh, I've been in relationships where we fought. Like, okay, we need to work on this. Didn't work on that. Fought. Okay, we need to work on the same things, and just we were both the, both at fault for the same thing. Is where it was like this thing came up, this this issue. Yeah. And we're like, mm. man, I'm I'm like the 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 worst at that. Like for me, like yeah, I I've I've only been in like one like full long relationship with a girl, and it like. It ended pretty bad. The entire thing was pretty horrible, honestly. Looking back on it, I enjoyed it the whole time. And then looking back, I was like, oh, uh, like, I just, like, really put up with a lot that I shouldn't have. And, like, um, now I just recognize a pattern in in somebody and go, okay, uh, I'm not even interested in you anymore. So, like, that to me. But I didn't do any of the fixing during the the relationship. It just, like, finally fell apart. And yeah, I was like, I wouldn't do any of the fixing, but I would look for people who needed fixing, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because like I, I had to, going back to the school thing, I had a lot of insecurities when I was a kid. And to validate myself, I would find um, relationships, and generally with people who were in desperate situations. So then I can spend. Uh, this is only in hindsight, obviously. Mm-hmm. But so then I could spend all of my time obsessively trying to help that person to distract them from my own bullshit. Yeah, and then it's also too. Uh, I I kind of tend to uh, do that or see that when somebody's doing that, and like 
sometimes doing it to the point where you're doing it so you don't have to work on yourself because yeah. you're too busy doing a higher cause. So you're going to be a martyr and you're going to like use that as a way to not improve. Like, cause that is a lot, helping somebody else out is a lot easier than helping yourself out. It really, it really sucks that. because then you have to like eat, eat like your bullshit and go, Oh, like I'm wrong on this. I'm wrong on that. I have to admit it. And the admitting it part is a, a lot of hard times. Tell it's a hard to time, hard to even see sometimes. Yeah, it is, man. It's it's because it's really easy for you to put your own blinders on, and it's like I always like to think of my old coach. He used to, and not that I have against anything against people who are obese, but he was on I suppose. But he was mm-hmm. fat as fuck. Right. He's eating a cheeseburger. He was sweating, spitting his cheeseburger out. Run faster. Yeah. Like what the fuck? And then, <laughs> like I was, um, he would tell us all these techniques and form and stuff like that, and uh, and. I wanted to know, like, did you ever practice this a day in your life? And so in the sense of, I mean, it's a lot easier to be someone's coach. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, okay, what do I need to work on? And, oh, this is really hard. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I've I seen that on a few. Um, I worked for this guy who was a coach for a little, uh, like a peewee football team, and it was the same thing. It was like, I, I would be shocked if that guy could run a mile <laughs> yeah. and like he, he loved, uh, telling, uh, he was, de- he was a hardcore control freak. He loved yeah, telling little guy, kids man. what to do. He, like, yeah, he, he was on a hardcore power trip, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it was very easy to tell. It was enjoyable to like help other people do mm-hmm. what they needed to do, you know? Yeah. yeah. See, that's what I find interesting is you have all of these things that we're talking about. Uh, with the insecurities, not wanting to ask for help, or you have something and then that's uh, an annoyance, and sometimes we tend to, or some people would tend to, put it off, mm-hmm. and uh, and it keeps coming up and put it off. So if I wanted to write a book, and I have even one of these tendencies, I would have to be able to, like what we talked about in the beginning, wiggle out of it, mm-hmm. and get onto the to level two, if you if you will. And the next stage of it, like yeah. writing. And if you don't, but if you do that, and I'm at like I work at a job, and uh, I work for Starbucks, for instance. And if I'm like if I'm late to work every time, someone there will tell me, "Well, you will be fired if you will be late again." Okay, I need to work on my time management. I'm forced to, mm-hmm. whereas opposed yeah. to like you have a book and you don't spend any time doing it, no one's gonna force you to do it. You're just not gonna be an author and right. say, "Oh, it's hard being an author." Well, even then though, like if you um. If you're always late and they say uh, if you show up late one more time, then you're fired. All of a sudden, like, you're not only not going to be late, you're going to start figuring out, okay, why am I constantly late? Because I can't do that anymore. And then you realize, oh, well, maybe I should not uh, go to bed at 2 o'clock if my job is at 6, yeah, you know? Exactly. Maybe I should, uh, you know... Like that means I have to get to bed earlier. What's making you stay up? Maybe you got to cut it out. Maybe you got to do it at a different time. But then there's this whole chain of events just to get to that one little thing. So like, yeah, little little stuff like that. There's always like you you take even the small things and turn them into a goal and uh, work map it out and then do whatever it needs. Sometimes it's only one step, but sometimes it's more than one step. And then like, if you've been in that habit of doing it with the little stuff and you could do it with little stuff, you could do it for big stuff. Where do you want to end up in your life? How like, then you like, for me, I want to end up in a certain place at the end of my life. 
where I've accomplished certain things and then I'm looking at it and like, well, I really need to get moving then if I want to do this and I have to like get to this point by the end of the year so then I can do this and hopefully in 10 years I'll be able to do this and, you know, eventually get to here. But like if you're not constantly breaking things down and figuring out how to do them and just it's a, a random, it's just this dream like a golden chalice up in the sky that you're like huh like go that direction kind of thing like you don't know how fast to go you don't know you you can't get into a flow with it either because you got to do one thing and then stop and then figure out what the next thing is it's better to go as you're doing the one thing sometimes you can already be working on the next step and lining things up and getting it to where you just start bouncing back and forth but like to, from one step to the next to the next to the next and then you're there but like yeah I don't know I'm fascinated with the like the structure of it because it's very repeating mm-hmm. yeah it, it is because literally in every, mostly in every discipline that I've experienced it is repeating yeah like, it, all that's different is the very surface level things in, in sense of like um, when you you play the guitar and you do kickboxing or mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu like, all, all I'm doing is I'm taking things and I'm processing them immediately. And with repetition, I will process them into my subconscious. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that is to, okay, not be insecure. Because if I'm, you know, focused on that shit, I want to ask questions. Right, stuff. yeah. And, like, I, I have to um, be be there. Yeah. Like, be present. And, it's like... I try to be really selfish when I'm learning. Yeah. It's like, if I don't get it, then that means I don't get it. And that's not, like, that... Like, I want to get it. And isn't it weird, though, that... Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm just kind of flying with it, but even in the act of what you would say would be complete and total, or, or selfishness, being selfish, isn't that a selfless thing? Because have you ever witnessed it be at the sake of everyone else? Because, like, when you ask a question, I've oh. never heard of anyone say, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, so if you do whatever you're doing selfish, mm-hmm. selfish it is... It is at the service of the community around. Yeah, yeah. Like, because like then you find out that oh you weren't the only one with that question either. Yeah, or that you become good at something and then you eventually become of service to someone who's seeking knowledge. Yeah. And like, yeah. Like we have this distinction of maybe I might be projecting it and I only need it in certain circles of mine. Mm-hmm. Like where of selfishness and self selflessness. Whereas like you have an outward focus on other people mm-hmm. or an inward focus on yourself. And that is uh, inward focus, selfish, outward focus, selfless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's wrong. I, I What I would reclassify it as, or classify, I don't know, um, is selfishness is a result at the destruction of the community around you. And selflessness would be a result at the benefit, or to the benefit of your immediate community. Um, does that make sense? Or it no? kind of does. Um I I would just say like if if you wanted to find like what selfishness is or selflessness is is just like it seems to me like I I haven't really thought about it uh, mm-hmm. apparently as much as you have yeah, but yeah. yeah like it just seems to me like if if you're doing it for almost your 
if you're going to be selfish, you're doing something for yourself at the cost of others. Mm -hmm. And then if you're doing something selfless, it's kind of at the cost of you for others. Yeah. And then if it's like not at the cost of you and you're helping, it's kind of like not as extreme. It's like more like communal, like once you get to the, the center. But I feel like the cost on the other person has a lot to do with it too. Yes, I see. And do you think it... No, maybe that's sweeping generalization. I was going to say, do you think there's ever a time where we're required to do something at the cost um, of the group? I mean... Uh, I mean, there's certain times where that could come up, but I don't think I'm required to do anything. Yeah. So it's just what you do, and then it is something. But, like, I don't think you have to be one way or another. Mm -hmm. And uh, especially when it comes down to a, a matter of, like, wondering, oh, should I have jumped in front of that car and pushed the kid out, or should I have let that kid get hit? Mm -hmm. Like, either way... Like, nobody's going to demand you give your life for somebody else. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you do, like, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't, like, um, yeah, that's a deep topic that I, like, haven't thought too much about. The only reason why it's, it's come up often with, with me and just thinking is, like, um, being a parent in a lot of ways. Okay. And not saying that to like alienate you from the that topic. But I, I mean being in a situation where like uh even a codependent relationship that really would be healthy. Um where like someone so if I have my son for instance and if I took time away from him to do something that's beneficial to myself, it Sometimes that's necessary, though. That, that, so that's the distinction yeah. that I meant. Is like, what's the difference between um, like a, a dad who would go work in an oil field mm -hmm. and they're gone for three months? Right. They're able to pay for all the bills. Is that a? And this is probably way too deep, but I'm just touching on where I come from. Yeah. Is that a selfish or selfless act? I think it's just a, a, a circumstance that mm -hmm. like you got to go make money. Um, and this is what you do, and this is the downside of what you do. Yeah. And um. You can, um, I think at that point it's about how you handle it. Yeah, no, and no inherent negative connotation. Yeah, it's yeah. just a thing. And then how you deal with it is like, and to me, I don't believe necessarily in a good or a bad, I just a cause and effect more. It's like if this has this effect and you don't like that thing, then maybe don't do that thing. You could consider that for yourself bad. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, it's just going to be, if you do this, this happens. If you do this, this happens. And you pick what you like the most. And, like, that gives you kind of options of, like, and it breaks it down, too, where it's, you don't beat yourself up for saying, oh, I'm doing it wrong or whatever. It's just like, oh, I'm this thing is causing this thing, and maybe I should change it. And it, it kind of makes it more granular mm -hmm. and then there's more things that you have control over i guess that's really cool i've never thought of it like that thank you like and i i struggle with that from time to time because you know at school comedy writing and work and stuff and sometimes it, i have to exchange that time to go and do some of those things. yeah and, and i have conversations with some other friends and they're like i have a kid now so my life is over yeah, I I think if you just like take away the emotion out of this like the the 
because there's a logic to whatever. You only have so much time to do something, and so you only have so many options. You you can't be everywhere at once. So if you can only do one thing, it's like, well, I want to do this thing and I want to do this thing, but like I would rather do like this thing will get me a lot more for my time than the other thing. And then you don't feel bad about not doing the thing. You've made a like a logical choice. I'm getting the most out of doing this. So I don't feel bad for not doing this. I don't feel guilty. I don't feel whatever, even though it's a good thing to do, quote unquote. Yeah. It's like not the best thing to do. And so like you take away the the right, wrong, good, bad, like um, the, the emotion of it and make it completely logical. And then it, it's like really easy to just not, not self doubt your, you know, not doubt yourself, because you know you came up with it like almost mathematically. Yeah. You got a four instead of a two, and four is like what you know gonna, gonna add up quicker than two. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't yeah. Know, I like that, and it makes a lot of sense, because it's kind of my reasoning for a lot of it, but I've never been, I've never explained it. Because, you know, I, um, in talking with my friends and stuff, there is always, there is, not always, but there is a comparison of ethics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and how you, uh, spend your time. And, but rationally, that's kind of how it's worked in the back of my mind was I was like, well, the, um, the results and the process of doing this, even if it doesn't work out for me, for him to be around mm -hmm. is still a benefit to him because he sees a way out. Like yeah. I can't just martyr my life for my son. Yeah. I gotta balance it. Yeah. But, um, it's interesting because I have a tendency to set, to put things more in the rational corner than mm -hmm. you know the emotional. And my son's mom, for instance, kind of flip flopped. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting because even in our conversations, he's like the opposite, where it's just. Like, he's got school, and she's got this empty nesting thing going on, and it's like, I don't, I don't understand. Oh, okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because it, 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 for me, it's, oh, he's starting these new things, and all of that. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. And then I think, okay, I could spend more time on this, and more time with him on these other things. Right. But, yeah, I took you down some left turns. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you were, um, so you started, so you started this business with your ex? Uh, yeah. And it's the gutter, um, yeah. Service. So, um, basically, um, and I'm not even, I, I, I've been thinking lately, like how much I sh like should talk about certain things about it. But like, um, the, the most part was like, uh, I, I had a girlfriend, um, we like, I had a shitty job and I was complaining about it and she's like, well, um, like, why don't you do something else? And, like, she was a real help in getting me down some, uh, uh, like, ways of thinking that, like, I really appreciate her for. Mm -hmm. And one of them was, like, that. And um, it was, we just started talking about, well, if you're if you're going to complain about it, like, what what's your next best option? Then what could you do to change it? And then um, uh, I kind of, like, was... I, I had a window cleaning company before and I had mentioned that, um, you know, I could make a certain amount in a certain amount of time and, uh, that it, it was relatively successful, especially for, um, what, how much work I was putting into it. I wasn't really working on it hard and it was returning 
decently. And was it successful? When you say successful, was it because you had like this network already? Or did no. You just kind of build it yeah, um, I built it, um, but like I would do door to door or whatever. But um, yeah, like I, I, I did hard work to get it get up and running and doing it. But like, like I was making a lot more at that uh, when I was, and I, I was doing it when I was like a teen. So, um, yeah, I started it when I was 17, I think. And yeah, 17 or 18, but I've, I've been working since I was like 16 or something. And, uh, like I've worked a shit ton of jobs and, um, that one was like the best paying for the hour. And then, uh, I, we were talking about that and she's like, well, why don't you do that? Um, I was like, well, I don't want to run the office part of it anymore. I would rather just do the work, but like, then I would have to like take track, keep track of everything. And, uh, she was like, well, I'll do that part. And then like, we'll like you do as much in there as you can, but like you're, you do the field, I'll do the office work type of shit. And, uh, so we started that up and then, um, yeah, kind of been going with it ever since. And, uh, uh, we were together for like, uh, quite a while. Um, I don't even know the exact numbers on it. And then, um, uh, we broke up, but continued doing the business for, I think another two years together. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't remember where I was going with this other than to maybe just tell, uh, like the history of the company, yeah. I guess. No, you're fine. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm wondering when you start these things, is it just like, I know, how how does that, how's the progression from the, and I don't mean you have, don't have to get into like nitty gritty details, mm-hmm. but I mean, some people have the idea of, are intimidated by the aspects of starting something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. How do you generate income? It's like they, they see someone who has generated income. Yeah. And they see someone who wants to generate income, but the in-between is kind of lost. And yeah. Is it, do you just start throwing out like uh shit on craigslist or something yeah um uh you gotta like um kind of figure out uh what you need to do to like um uh like i wanted to be a legitimate business so uh i had to figure out like what i need to do to be like legal and then so a lot of it was like thanks to the internet or going to ask different people like you go to the best your best guess of where to go and then you kind of ask around sometimes and then they're like oh no you're totally off but they bounce you over to where you do need to go sometimes or the internet really helps too yeah 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 Um, I don't think people realize like how much they could get done with the internet like oh my god it's (laughs) so helpful I've learned how to like uh, edit audio yeah advertising yeah like college level stuff that I've learned that it's like totally free mm-hmm. and it took me like 10, 10 minutes to go through something and <laughs> yeah. like, Oh wow, I understand this now. And, uh, I, I think pe- like every time I hear, and I don't hear it so often anymore, but like some people were complaining about like how the, in- the, inf- the internet has too much information and, uh, too much wrong information. And, uh, to me it's like, I, I like that there's wrong information on the internet because then you have to be critical about what you're reading. You can't get lazy about like, oh, I'm just, I read it on the internet, so I believe it. Like you can't because you read it on the internet, but you figure out how to find out what is right and what is wrong. 
you, we can't have specialists in critical thinking. <clears throat> we can't outsource our critical thinking. That's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that really leaves you open to being taken advantage of too. So, like, I, I like that nobody trusts the government because, like, once you start trusting the government, then they're gonna like do government things, you know. So, like, I think there's a good skepticism about the government, and it's uh, really kind of in some ways i feel like we've got positive direction even though everybody's doom and gloom like um decentralized becoming more and more decentralized yeah we're realizing how how like we're not in our own american bubble mm -hmm. like what we do really affects like other people and like we're kind of like if the earth is now the country and then all the countries are states, and the states are the cities. That's you know? an interesting thing that that I have been thinking about lately, and I haven't done much traveling, which uh, so I may be very ignorant on the fact. Uh, but now, how freely you move about places. You know, yeah. In Russia, mm -hmm. I have a Russian friend, and if you go back to the Red Scare, I wasn't around. I'd be ignorant as fuck. From my understanding, though, it was um, a time where people were very ignorant, where if they thought. Not ignorant, but they were afraid, mm -hmm. and they thought that if you were a communist, or uh, basically they had that other mentality. Anything yeah. That is associated with that yeah. bad, and then uh, now though it's like I have Russian friends. And yeah. When we think of like whatever happens um, with between us and Russia, at least the people that I talk to, it's not those Russian people. It's you know Putin. It's not like yeah, certain people that are like uh, doing like the shitty. Things that no you should be really less tribal. Yeah, we don't think of each other in terms of okay, you're a Russian and I'm an American, but there's no separate. I, I feel like the America. tribalism is shifting, time like not so much uh, like people caring about nationality anymore, but like there's still uh, different groups. There's ideological groups up the wazoo. You think it's. Uh, growing in response to the no I think it's a tendency like you you like to belong to a certain group that is going a certain way and like in World War two like we were super pro America because we all had the same goal like that united everybody and it became like I feel like uh, like super American and then like now that's not important like we don't all have the same goal we're not all united for the same thing but certain people are. And then, like, they get together and they go, oh, we want this thing. And they get together and, like, band, like, become a group. Yeah, we, we have a, we seek to, to snap into these predefined routines of behavior and thinking. Right? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I just because, like, I feel like it's, it, it works. Like, if you have a group that has the same goal, uh, it's a lot easier than doing it by yourself. And if you're going down a path and you meet somebody else on that path going the same way, you're probably, you know, it's a good thing to stick together and say, hey, let's, you know, look out for other people like us. And, and the only way to specialize, too, because we are specialists, like, by the, as, yeah. as a species, and uh, we we operate within institutions. And to this point, we almost have to. Yeah, like, to, to, to function, because you can't do everything. And so you can't, you therefore cannot form, it's, it would be near impossible to form a fully well-rounded set of belief structures um, that have been uh, critically reasoned without relying on someone else to do some of it for you. Yeah. Because you can only work, you only have so many hours in the day after you've worked, which is a, uh, that in and of itself is a task you're doing you, to 
when you do that and then you have your care shit cleaning and your hobby maybe or your kids, after that, you don't have any time to be able to um, sit and think about or craft these set of beliefs, right? Yeah, well, yeah, because you, you only have so much time in the day. And if you're like, uh, I, I really love podcasts uh, for that reason, because if I'm doing a repetitive task or whatever, I can also be like, I don't have to think about the task that I'm doing, but I need to get it done. So uh, if I'm cleaning a roof, I'm just brushing all these different lines uh, that grow moss on them. Um, so I throw in the earbuds, and now I'm in a like a Harvard class listening to like somebody talk about like evolutionary biology and uh, why uh, certain things work a certain way in you know whatever. Um, like there there's ways that you can kind of hack your speeding up your learning. And uh, if you're more tactful about what you put in, uh, like what you're doing with your time too, if you can double up on it or if you can do whatever. And that's a big part of like, I feel like the video games are kind of a waste of time in a, in a lot of aspects. They can probably help you out in some ways, uh, but like overall for what I'm doing, not, not really. Yeah. And uh, to me, if I could, instead of doing that, maybe I get a lot more out of what I'm, like, if I do something else, I get m more out of it than if I do that, the video games. So maybe I should not do the video games and do the other thing and get more out of my time and round myself that way. Mm -hmm. Because, like, you only do have so many times and you do have to rely on other people, but at the same time, the more you can, like, teach yourself the better and like get better at learning you learn faster and that's where technology a lot of people there are some people not a lot that's not saying that <laughs> <laughs> there's a a, a a particular group of people like that have a way of thinking where they bemoan technology and you know all mm -hmm. of the issues that it has created the, the thing that that i uh, really enjoy is the ability to have now not have now, but to have larger forms of ideologies. And in the sense of, like, if you want to go to podcasts, right, mm -hmm. and you listen to uh, Tim Ferriss. Yeah. So if you always listen to Tim Ferriss, you, you are kind of subscribing to something yeah. that is similar. Like it, and it's, like, you can basically, like you're saying, is hack it to where you, be, you join a group. Yeah. Where it has this mantric thinking or repetitive thinking. Um, it's... So then you start kind of, you, you can spend it doing all of the other shit. And I really like technology in the sense where you have access to these things now that, like if you were living in Nebraska, you would not, it would be very difficult for you to uh, figure out about nuclear physics, for instance, outside of school. Like yeah. if, you, if your parents, ne no one ever exposed you to it, you'd be fucked. But yeah. now with um, technology and the ability to like listen to things, you have access to these wide to wide ranging ideas. Right. And they're like uh like if you find somebody that you connect with uh like uh their way of thinking or whatever and what they're doing is collecting different people from different walks of life and you know that like you you agree with the person putting it together and then they're trying to find out how to like find the best way to do it. Like all you have to go is you don't have to do any of the work of finding those people and then you get 
to listen to like really high level people who are like talking about the things that you're interested in and you did none of the work in like it's like a kind of a network of like your group and everything and you could like it's not like you are defined by that group either because like I listen to so many podcasts of like I I like what this person's thinking about or this person and I don't even I listen to people that I totally don't agree with too and it's like still informing me to that line of thinking too and um rationalizing what they're talking about and stuff and going oh I don't agree with that and um I would have never thought to mentally like uh um battle that idea I guess you know uh just break it down and go this is why I don't agree like uh so even the the stuff I don't agree with is helpful yeah yeah exactly. yeah it, it, this I find the stuff that I don't agree with being exposed to to those uh, different groups, especially yeah. ones that I, I, I would write off. Sometimes. What what podcast do you listen to? Um, so I listen to uh, Jocko Willink. <laughs> okay, um, I've listened to that one. Rogan's and um, Tim Ferriss's, and then um, there was, and I also like Dr. Rhonda Patrick. But I love Tim Ferriss because Tim Ferriss was the one who like. He really uh, it helped me out personally. Yeah. And the the thing that's that was surprising was my behavior started changing. Not because I was like following his specific things, but when I was listening to like Rogan and just all these people, mm-hmm. where I was getting exposed to these new ideas, and then I started doing those things and then doing other things too. Yeah. And it was like it was a really big turning point. I can't figure out if it was like uh, happenstance that they crisscross. Or if that was the thing that scored me, because I was listening to podcasts eight hours a day. Yeah, 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 week. yeah. And it was, I was same here. That was all that was running in my head when I go home. Like uh, the discipline is freedom, motivation is unreliable. A Jocko Williams like tagline. Okay. Uh, Any time that I would have like difficulty, like running, for instance, I, when I ran as a kid, I fucking hated it. Right. I wanted to leave. I run now, and I feel those sensations. And yeah. I'm like this is just this is discomfort. Yeah. And let's play. Yeah. And I keep going. I'm not that kind of person. I was like, what the fuck? This is weird. But yeah. Yeah, like uh stuff like that. Uh there's a, a quote that um I like, um uh I think it's Cameron Haynes or whatever mm-hmm. who says, uh keep hammering. Yeah, That's a I good one too. One, yeah, like um I like how simple that one is because it's like you know, if if you can keep hammering, it's like if you have the energy to like keep picking up that hammer and like mm-hmm. putting it back down and picking up and put it like it's such a a one step at a time type of thing and it's like well let's see if I can do it ah oh, goddamn it I can yeah. like goddamn it and like you just keep doing it until you can't and like uh, especially for running uh, I like that because like I'll get to a little point where I'm a complete bitch mm-hmm. and I want to stop or whatever and nothing hurts nothing feels just uncomfortable yep. and I'm like oh fuck I gotta keep running god damn it in the end like it's almost in a lot of ways it doesn't look like it but for me that's like fighting a fucking boss yeah and once you go over that shit I didn't realize that like over the past that was reward in the sense of, like, it felt really good when I was fucking done. Yeah, like, yeah. Fuck, it, yeah. It, and, like, the overwhelming sensation, like, kickboxing is one of them, mm-hmm. where it was, like, weird as fuck. But I was so tired 
felt like, uh, dude, my whole body was like tingling and shit. Yeah. It, yeah, it was crazy. And I've never pushed myself in that instance. It's hard before. Yeah. And then you, you like kind of figure out like how to how to do it like even even that like the next time you do it too you do it a little bit better yeah, yeah. exactly like either you run a little farther or you do it a little bit better technique or whatever mm-hmm. yeah I like um yeah uh so like all the way around it's like a good feeling like it yeah it's hard to hard to like quantify I guess like why like it feels so awesome but like yeah uh either like i did jujitsu and stuff and when i finally learned a um like some some of the drills would be like i didn't understand even what i was doing and then after a while it just clicked and i was like oh shit this is awesome (laughs) and then like you you start doing it there's uh one that I didn't understand, like, the geometry of it almost, like, where my hand is supposed to go to do what, mm-hmm. and then, like, I, when it clicked, like, I landed that so many times on, especially my brother, which was really fun really? to do. Oh, yeah, geez. and, uh, like, it, it was just, like, a super simple, uh, it's called a Kimura. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and all you do is grab the arm and, like, snake your other arm in and then pull it back and yeah, keep it at a 45 yeah exactly yeah their shoulder locked yeah up. yeah and i didn't understand like to the the angles had to be right mm-hmm. and uh why they had to and then when i got it i was like oh shit like this is awesome and mm-hmm. then i would figure out how to get there every time that i could and if i saw that opening it was just like somebody's like handing me a platter of gold and like i was like oh you are dead you're fucking dead and then i would see it better too so i don't know um how i even got there no uh, like and that is um that so with insecurity mm -hmm. those were some of my biggest jumping points and it wasn't even just like i didn't even get it from performing on stage and someone saying that i was doing good and that wasn't because they were saying that necessarily. It just showed that I'm improving. Yeah. So that I'm not a piece of shit because that's impossible. As long for as, on stage for what? Um, poetry. Oh, okay, okay. And, um, and so knowing that, knowing that I could improve, I knew that the idea that I I am a piece of shit is fake. It's pretend. Like that's proven to me, if you will. So when I'm in jujitsu, it's like. Oh, there's just different levels to this shit. This kid yeah. choked me out. Yeah, different levels for and, sure. So when I say that, like, I'm bad at this, that's, that's, I'm reminded that that is an illusion, a trick my mind plays on me, and I should not listen to it. And the more times that I don't listen to it, the less times I hear it. And with jujitsu or performance, uh-huh. I'm confronted with that constantly. Yeah, and I feel like that's a good reason not to say that, like, something is good or bad, or mm-hmm. you are good or bad. It's like, I'm at this point right now and I want to be here. And like, uh, then you start going, okay, I know I'm unskilled, but like, uh, I'm on the path to doing it and like, just looking how to improve and not worrying about like, like, yeah, worrying about your failure, but like trying to use that and not just like shit on yourself and go home and not do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Cause I don't, I feel like I'm, quote unquote shitty uh, uh doing comedy or whatever yeah. uh, like i've had a few especially lately where i'm like i did not like anything <laughs> yeah. about that god damn it and then like uh i don't know it's like every time i have that where i don't like it i don't give up it's more like i like i feel like 
why why did I not do good? And some of it was like uh, one of the things that I came away with was like I felt like I wasn't connected to it, like what I was talking about in a way that like I had the jokes, but then I'd say a couple of them in a row of like um, kind of on the same topic because I kind of started building it up and then uh, not have an overarching point to it. So then I'd, I'd say a joke about this, a joke about that, and a joke, like, uh, uh, three jokes about the same topic, and then, like, kind of leave it there, and it didn't build up to anything, it didn't do whatever, and I was like, oh, maybe I should, like, really think about that in that overarching topic. Um, some of it has been, um, like, I have jokes about um, religion, or, um, like, my family, or whatever, and, like, if it was my family, I'd have, like, three jokes about my family, but then kind of leave it at that, and people are like, oh, wait, you're not talking about your family anymore, and, like, I'm like, well, I don't really have anything else to say, and I was like, because I haven't really thought it through, um, and to, like, at least tell a certain story about that, or whatever, and I don't know, I was just kind of all over the place with, uh, where where I was with it and I realized that I could have kind of a theme that I could like think basically just think about it better and then um have a better uh path it, it's still a new idea so I'm not very verbalized uh like yeah, trying to haven't yeah I haven't articulated it yet but um but when you do that overarching thing you 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 then would build more um with the setup, right? Because mm-hmm. the, you'd have the, the minor punchlines coming before, and then it's an overarching setup, so it would be a more impactful joke at the end. Yeah. The closer, right? Oh, and like, okay, so that's one of the things. If I fully thought out the topic a little bit, mm-hmm. um, if I if I fully thought of it, then I can connect with um, the audience and talk about something to a point where I have that joke, and then. Uh, then talk about it a little bit more and then hit the joke and talk a little more and then hit the joke and then it lets me have a little bit better timing it fills in the gaps between those jokes of like I'm kind of like talking about something and being funny in there with it and then that lets me kind of have a more fluid set instead of like a herky-jerky joke 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 and no like it's too jerky, like, um, almost like, yeah, if, if you're watching, like, a, a cartoon or whatever, or animation, like, they have, like, um, like, if you just put a picture, and then another picture, and another picture, you, like, there's no fluidity to it, and, like, I feel like just being more conscious of what I'm talking about, it kind of helps me maybe add a tag in or maybe add in a little comment here or a comment there. Yeah. And be like, I get that you guys don't realize this thing that, but if I haven't even thought about it fully, then I'm not even going to see that because I'm not very good at thinking on my feet. Um, I, I am good. I'm a bit witty, but like at the same time, you can't like, if you pre-thought out something, then you're going to get a lot farther with it, mm-hmm. period. Yeah, yeah. I if you, I've had to, well, and, but I'm also the type of person where I sit down and I just write, and I'll write yeah. out just a bunch of shit, and that's my, I meet other people like uh, Chris, 
where she likes to, you know, she's up on stage, does a lot more stage work where mm-hmm. she just, you know, um, does most of it all, you know, on stage and then kind of figures it out from there. Okay. And um, it was harder for me to relate to in that sense because I've always been the opposite, at least with poetry, whereas I would do like a lot of writing, mm-hmm. you know, take bits and pieces and then work all of that out on the stage, if you will. Yeah, for me, I have, I'm not very experienced with the, uh, um, with doing crowd work, but I feel like if I did do crowd work, I would only want to talk about stuff that I really knew about. So I would almost kind of want to lead the questions to, um, they would be things that I, like, I would only ask a question about something that I was familiar with. Mm -hmm. And instead of like, I've, I've seen people go, oh, what's your job? Oh, you're a garbage man. And then go on that. To me, that seems extremely hard because I don't know what garbage men do. I don't know things that go along with it. Instead, if I say, hey, uh, what, um, what religion are you? I know a lot more about different religions than I do about different jobs. So then I can kind of go, oh, you're a Catholic, uh, like, were you baptized? Uh, you know, are you baptized or did you do whatever? Um, and I, I'm not to the point where I could really hammer home like little niche jokes that really said, oh, I understand about this. And they're still vague or broad enough to where other people got it too. Um, but then have those, like, if I've thought it through and I know the questions that I initially had, I, there's a good chance that other people are wondering that too. So if I ask that question and, like that's interesting at least and then maybe if they say something then I could hit them with a a joke there Mm -hmm. um so like I feel like doing a little bit of research on what you're talking about really helps you get a long way I'm I've I've, I think I've rarely I've only asked a few questions to the audience so far I've uh kind of stayed away from that um but it is very interesting to me. I, I need to play around with the audience. Yeah, I do want to play with the yeah. audience. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun, especially uh, when, like if you if you can do it, then it does bring everybody into like, oh, like we're we're in on this now. Yeah, yeah like we're well. part of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I I like to do that. I I did a little bit once. Like um, there was a guy that had on. Uh, t-shirt that was uh, that you buy from the men's room uh, uh-huh. yeah it was the uh, turtles having sex yeah 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 <laughs> and it was like oh you have that turtle shirt and then uh, like I got a little bit of a joke out of it because I was like um, they play a soundbite of turtles having sex and it is a funny soundbite and I don't do impersonations and I try to do it. It was really horrible, but <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It, like everybody laughed. It, like I didn't have to be good. It was just a fun aside. Yeah, so exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I got especially good responses in my set from that table oh, because good. yeah, they liked me and they liked the show and like, uh, yeah, they were. I got them kind of in the laughing mindset, and then sometimes even if your shit isn't that funny, if you already got them laughing, they do it out of I, reflex. I always hear that, <laughs> and then people always, if they're funny at one out of five times, they remember you as funny for pretty much the whole. Yeah, time. yeah, like uh, there. Some people play with that and try and hack it, and um, uh, that might be why they're called hacks. But like if you. Um, and, and not they are called hacks, but there's certain things that are considered hack mm-hmm. that is like, um, 
almost fail-safe ways to get people um, to laugh at your shit so then you don't have to acknowledge the fact that they are not laughing at your shit. Oh, okay. So, like, sometimes uh, there's that. But that's also a good tool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for, like, pumping up a crowd if you're like, you guys need more energy. I want to hear you fucking scream or whatever. Yeah, it, like, it's a tool that could be abused. And abused mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, and I feel like that, like, leave that up to maybe the uh, the host. And, like, if I have to do that in my show, like, either I'm going to be really pissed at the audience and like, I deserve a laugh right there and you're not fucking giving me a laugh. You guys are dead. What the fuck? Like, did you come here for comedy or not? Like there is a point where it is okay. But like, like I try and stay away from it. If it's like not me, like if I didn't word it well, or if I didn't get my idea across and I'm not getting a laugh, I'm not going to sit there and like try and make them fake laugh or like, fake applause that, or something then would be at, at a huge disservice to you for just in the craft because you wouldn't get better essentially yeah i think there's a good thing about eating shit like yeah yeah it's like you can't insulate yourself yeah um for me like there's a lot of things that i do like uh, where like i'm terrified to do them but it's like okay nothing can happen to me like legally or, like, I'm not going to die. Nobody's allowed to hit me. Nobody, <laughs> like, I can't, like, nobody's, yeah. So, uh, if they don't like me, then that's the only thing. And th- that's kind of daunting. But then you realize, like, you got to try it a couple of times. And then you start realizing, oh, uh, people don't care. Like, yeah. if you do horrible, people just forget about you and if you do really good then they remember you but thankfully they don't remember you if you do really bad <laughs> like yeah. it, it's pretty easy to get over it mm-hmm. yeah it, it is and I, I think that though if you could like mask it onto the rest of life it, that's helped me with other because even the poetry experience a lot because poetry did for a long time comedy i've only been i've only been up for uh, six seven times okay um poetry did for like five years okay and so when i'd go up there and i'd realize that i'm like oh you know they, they forget about me if i don't do well uh if i do great then they remember me and you know other poets they respect me for just having the balls to get up there at the least as yeah long as i'm not like overly offensive um or yeah you, you know, it, being an even even then like yeah like if you if you totally get it to be an asshole then you people like you can get it to where they do remember you yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that is like just a poor communication thing in the end you know? i i feel like it's a it for somebody to remember you being an asshole it's like you had to be purposely an asshole exactly it, yeah. yeah and like um even if you're purposely being offensive and being whatever a lot of times people are like uh just really uncomfortable i can't wait until you're done but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've actually done that before <laughs> cat. yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh i saw that it wasn't yeah. horrible oh, shit. <laughs> yeah i watched you i watched you do that and then i i heard you uh tell it again with the uh uh with uh in the chris podcast uh-huh yeah yeah, yeah. And it was, uh-uh. I think there's funny stuff in there. Like if you worked on it like that, like there, there's funny shit in there, mm-hmm. but, um, like it, it does need work, but yeah. like, yeah. That's, that's the thing I've been trying to figure out is, uh, like in terms of structure, I'm excited because just starting with it, you know, I know very few things and that's kind of exciting mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. 
I'm trying to figure out how to structure the stories to, you know what I mean, to generate laughs yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you listen back to your to your yes, sets? I okay. Listen back to myself. Okay. Um, and then maybe, uh, have you written out that, uh, what happened, uh, like written it out in maybe like a journal form? I journal every day. So like, and I'll try to incorporate. But like specifically that, yeah. about like telling the story in writing about that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did it. See, I didn't, I've never done that after the fact. I've only done that before. The okay. Fact. The, before and the fact though. So like, I'm the kind of person when I was saying with writing, I was, cause I was talking to Chris. And I'd open up my notebook, mm-hmm. and she'd see, like, three different versions, and she's like, oh, you write a lot. And that's when I realized, oh, shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I, I'd write it out, and what, then what I try to do is, and this, now I'm starting to do this more, like, with the shit jokes and stuff, mm-hmm. um, which needs a lot of work, but... <laughs> uh, I'll take it and I'll write it out verbatim. Uh-huh. And then what I'll do is I will go over that, go over that, go over that, throw that away, hide it. Uh-huh. And then I will make it conversational and I'll change stuff just randomly because I kind of forget here and there. Right. And I'm trying to do that. So then I work out thought process and go. But the thing is, is with poetry, I would structure things. It's just way different. Like I'd structure it for an emotional impact. Yeah. And so I'm trying to figure out like using surprise for humor. Yeah, that's stuff. a big part of uh, comedy. Heard, yeah, like surprise, surprise is uh, like uh, there's a lot of sleight of hand where they kind of think you're going one way and then you go another way and it like hits two different things at the same time. Yeah, even like that, if yeah, you can do that, it, like that's where the like the wordplay comes mm-hmm. in and the like the like whatever you have, it, like if you can notice different things and use those things, like it's not like you're you're trying to purposely go there, but if you see those connections and you're like ha ha pa pa like that and just uh yeah what I do is I try and um either I'll I'll be doing something and I'll like come up with a just a joke and it's all preformed and everything it's just like I've been thinking about a certain thing and it like just makes me laugh and I'm like ah oh, fuck I need to write that down mm-hmm. or other things it's like I'm think well yeah it's usually where I'm thinking about a topic in my life or whatever and I I'll hit those things that make me laugh but it's like thinking over back and forth over a topic and it's more like where I'm trying to not write jokes but process what's going on in my head and trying to understand what's happening and I feel like um like in comedy it's like people are coming to hear your thoughts on a thing that they're interested in and if you've thought about it way more than they have that's where you start to get the comedy from because they a big thing is like surprise and um if it's something that they're like yeah we already know that then it's like just you're stating facts but then if you're like i've thought about this so much that i kind of have a new angle on it and I think this is a little bit like this. And then they're like, oh, wow, I never thought of that. That's hilarious. That's kind of where you get into, like, the more I can think about something, like, I'm not going to think the first time through all the jokes and every angle. Like, that comes from constantly going over what happened and just rethinking about it and, like, growing a little bit as a person and then rethinking about it and doing whatever. Sometimes if I'll, like, get 
some jokes out of something. I'll play with those for a little bit and then put it on the back burner and then come back to it and go, oh, man, like this is a funny bit. And then I'll rethink about the topic and go, oh, wow, and then tag it with more jokes because I'm better at making jokes the more time goes on. And it's um, like you're only going to pick up so much information each time you skim over it, too. So you're missing something every time you go over it, but you're also maybe getting stuff out of it. But I feel like you could keep digging and scooping off stuff off the surface and then coming back and scooping more stuff off the surface. And like, uh, it's like just topping, talking about a topic that you're well informed on is very interesting, especially if you're more well informed and you're like telling people stuff they didn't already know, then like if people are interested in what I'm talking about, I feel like that's the 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 ground has been laid. Yeah, because um, like sometimes I'll really bomb, but I at least take a little solace in the fact that while I'm bombing, it's dead silent, and it's not like I'm having to talk over people having a conversation all over the room because they've completely checked out and are not even interested in anything that I have to say. They're not even waiting for me to be funny. They they gave up on me. Like, if they're totally quiet, they're still interested in what I'm saying. And then, like, at least then I can still make a joke. There's yeah. still a hope, you yeah, know? Exactly. <laughs> so that has to be the groundwork. It's like I have to, like, it's, if I'm talking about something interesting, then um, that that's, like, the the base, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And I and gives me a little hope too. Which is funny that like I'm probably the rambliest person <laughs> in the goddamn world. I'm very uninteresting after I get going. Goddamn it. <laughs> no, you are, man. I really like your ideas. <laughs> I it gives me a lot of hope because that's what I enjoy is the these the things that I, I constantly think about. For instance, I'll go do something. So I go to work. And I'd be installing auto blast. Yeah. I got if I'm not listening to a podcast, I have shit running through the back of my mind. And that it's irrelevant to what I'm doing, just you know, that I'm interested in. Yeah. And for me, on a personal level, um, that's like plagued me with everything. I've always been distracted by by thinking about other shit. Well and is like I, I get that a lot too. I don't know is that a plague? It's no, it's not, because in the sense of when I go and perform, uh-huh. like with poetry for instance that's what it was. It was material, or it wasn't material, that's not true. It was ideas that I wanted to work. And I found poetry at the time was a way that I could express that in a captivating way. Mm-hmm. A, a way to, you know, um, to let it out, turn on the faucet, yeah. if you will. And um, I was drawn to those things. And yeah. only, I've only recently come to the realization that, like, I, I can't try to go, like, that's the thing for me, because, like... Uh, what What is that? The poetry? No, it's, oh. um, try, it's the writing, trying to work on ideas and expressing it in a captivating way okay. to an engaged audience, or even, like, with, like, writing a book, a more mm-hmm. kid's book, for instance. Nice. And that shit gets my... I, I really enjoy that, and I've noticed it because of that thing. Yeah. Like, the, the idea, like, having an idea, so if it was... Um, Poetry, for instance, I would uh, take, like, fatherhood, mm-hmm. an easy grab, and 
I'd be able to sit there and work on it. And that's yeah. like gives me the deepest or deeper sense of reward than many other things. Yeah. Um, one thing that I like is like, um, uh, like kind of doing different, uh, forms of writing too, because like, uh, then it accentuates what the, un, the like the common commonalities are and it, uh, kind of shows a pattern and like, I like doing that too. Like trying to express a thought through a certain, um, like, through a certain way, like a structure, like these are the rules of getting this idea. You you have to tell your idea this uh, through this way. Either like if you're doing a song, then you have to like probably want to make it rhyme at the end, but you still want to get the thought across too, and you want to have a certain cadence. But like like that that turns it into like oh now like you have to do the thought, but using these words. And, um, because like they're synonymous with other words. So you think the thought through and then try and like think of, oh no, I'll use this word and then I'll use that word. And then it's a good skill to, um, you start getting better at rhyming words and, uh, you get more familiar with synonyms and you get like better at like just naturally flowing a word and like you just like, Sometimes I'll get in a like one of those annoying habits where everything that you say has to rhyme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to uh, be really into hip hop. That's how I got yeah. into poetry. Yeah. And it was like I was like <laughs> words where I'd be like, oh, listen, 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 I got good verse. And yeah. it's just out of nowhere, and I had to say it because it was, it was I'm yeah, excited. it's so much fun, <laughs> and I think that comes from uh, like practicing it, but like. Uh, I I don't feel like stand up is too much different. There's uh, things that you can do that you know will be like, oh, this is what gets laughs, or this is what. And then when you see it, like like when I finally figured out that Kimura, like once I understood like what it was, every time I saw it, it was like like there. It was it, like had golden light coming from the back of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like and it's the same thing with the jokes. It's like you you start to realize, oh, if I flop this on its head, like uh there's stuff like callbacks are big. So if if you're on the lookout all the time for callbacks and you're paying attention to what you're saying and then you come to a place where it's like like what happened over here and then people are like oh you tied it in good job yeah and you're you're following the rules well and uh or you uh figure out how to break a rule too that's uh, fun too but then you um like if you're practicing tricking people or like hiding something until the very end and then like you're going straight 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 and right at the very last second you like kind of turn and smash into the wall type of thing yeah. and then it just like wakes everybody up like what just happened <laughs> like that's fun to do but like you practice all these different techniques and then you at the same time have to get your point across your idea across whether it's just talking about your day or your feelings or something that happened to you or like a life experience whatever um, if you can do that with technique as well then like the two of those added i feel like really makes a uh like a fun time like yeah, yeah. You, you really clarified something for me in the aspect i've never thought of like when writing comedy uh, poetry 
you would have uh, even music. You have certain devices to, mm-hmm. be able to get your point across. Like uh, with uh, poetry, you can use like you know alliteration stuff to, to change like the flow. Yeah. And um, with comedy, I didn't think of it in that term. In terms of using like, okay, what are the techniques that I can use to take this story that basically I wrote out or all these these ideas, mm-hmm. and how can I apply these techniques? with the points of yeah. layered over the points of the story. I'm going to do some experimenting with those techniques. Sorry to derail. It's a, it's a good thing to practice that techniques too because that's one of the things uh, if you've ever done like puns then like all of a sudden you can't stop doing puns or like it's the same as like a your mom joke once you start like getting in the rhythm of like when you hear something slightly dirty then it's like even if it didn't seem dirty to anybody else you've been doing it so many times that somebody's like oh wow that's you know a big hole or whatever and you're like uh your mom has a big hole or something like that or (laughs) you know whatever but the more you practice at it the better it gets and then you start really hitting home with some good stuff and it's just another technique of like that's a kind of a type of joke and like if you yeah I don't know, you, you figure out what you're kind of good at and what you like and then just really practice it, even outside of comedy, which I kind of hate when a comic is like, oh, I'm never going to stop telling jokes all the time. Blah, blah, blah. And then you can't talk to them without it being a full-blown comedy set, god damn it. Yeah, yeah. Like, can we just be normal people? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then you can get in, like, if it actually got too bad though, or too extreme, you can get in the thing where... Your uh, where you're coming from, it becomes irrelevant to your audience. If you're just always about comedy and you're not having that life experience. Yeah, some people can be like really good at like that funny standalone jokes or whatever. But then after a while, I just kind of have to check out. I like I can only take so long of Gabriella Iglesias talking about giving donuts to the police. Yeah, we're talking about doing Saudis. Then like uh, he he likes to do um, you know. He's really good with beatbox type of, like, with his mouth, he can make sound effects like no other. But after a while, I get tired of listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, I I listened to, like, 15 minutes of his special on Netflix, and then I was like, I kind of get it. Yeah. 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 And then other other people, like, um, and it might just be because it's me and who I am, like, what I'm interested in, because the other, other people that I care about, what they're talking about, like, I'll listen to every single special front to back and then rewatch some. Yeah. Like, um, so I feel like being connected with the topic is kind of big, and that might be all about finding your fan base too because he's doing all right. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. he's not having any trouble right now. Yeah, it's like when you, uh, if you were talking about like a Lil Wayne song and then uh, I don't know some like underground hip hop artist song. Sometimes I'm like, what the fuck's that kind of content? And then. You know, to each, you know mm-hmm. got their own fan yeah. base. They got big ass fan base. And uh, like I used to like Lil Wayne, and um, uh, then I got deeper into uh, what I liked and went down that path, and then started finding people better. So I I think like sometimes people get a fan base of like people that only want to get so deep into it. And he's a great starter. Like if you're fresh to comedy and you've never watched stand-up comedy, he was the first one of the first people that I saw that I was like, oh my God, this guy is fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, and like, I loved it. So, I mean, 
and he gets a like a very huge crowd because of it because like there's more there's more people i feel like uh that like if if you're into comedy you like him but even if you're not into comedy like you it's easy to like him you don't like yeah it, it's very easy to get into so you're gonna get a wide range yeah, i think people are gonna be into not as much anyway. Like, he's not pissing anybody off. Yeah, no, yeah. 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 I, I've been wanting to say Doug Stanhope for a long time, but I keep saying Doug Stanhope so much that it's like, I'm glad you brought him up and yeah. not me. <laughs> uh, man. I, one thing about Doug Stanhope is that, um, like, I, I felt like my shit has been going a lot along those lines um, where, like, to a point where I want it to stop because, like, I, I would just, like, be, like, griping about whatever, griping about whatever, making fun of this, or, and it's to the point where it's, like, it's, it's funny, but let's, like, lighten it up a little bit here, yeah. and I don't want him to lighten it up, but I want to lighten up my shit, mm. and, um, uh, I've been watching more Ron White, and, uh, that's kind of, like, I want to be in between Doug Stanhope and Ron White type of thing, where it's, like, he's, like Ron White is just happy, uh, but he's still dark and real. But like, not as he's like your drunk uncle type of thing, and yeah. like maybe alcoholic, but not destructively alcoholic. So like, he's cool to be around and let's hang out with him type of thing. Like that's to me a lot funner. And like, I don't want everybody going like, okay, let's go and uh, do this. And like. Uh, Un unless you're already down and out and everything and then you're like yay we got a champion in doug stanhope like that's cool too mm -hmm. but like i'd i'd like people to just come and go ha ah, that was funny <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. like you know even if uh i you know it doesn't have to always go dark and it can still be about dark stuff without getting dark it can be light like yeah yeah and that's, so that could be quite the skill to, to navigate mm -hmm. that and yeah to, mm. Because you're already walking in, like, on thin ice on a lot of things. Especially if you get really, like, I mean, comedy, um, with, with, like, getting a really taboo subject, mm -hmm. if you can get the person to think that it's all, you know, uh, placid or calm, cool. Yeah. And you just pull the rug out from underneath. Yeah. 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 That's you all, you walk hard. them out into the middle of the lake and then just, like, crack the ice and you go in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> I like that. Uh, it's interesting. I, I I see that kind of you know you're trying to play with that in your in your own style. Yeah. Um. There there's a few like um. I I don't know. I've had a, a kind of a rough life um uh, mentally, but not like uh, I still haven't had it hard. Uh, I've my hardest like the hardest part of my life is probably you know all been self caused. So, um. Well. A hundred percent has because now I just take responsibility for anything bad that happens. It's like I put myself in that somehow just for the fact that maybe I shouldn't have ever even talked to that person. And maybe that's what I need to be looking out for and not like maybe like there's something I could have done that didn't wouldn't have got me there. But then other stuff like um, uh, I'm very not religious, but uh, like I still, you know, I I've lots of thoughts on religion but uh my dad's a pastor and shit and uh oh, shit. yeah i i mean i don't know uh man that that's a line that like i don't 
like to mess with too much. Like I like to make fun of him on stage and stuff like that. And uh, I'm pretty sure this isn't going to get back to him. So I'm not too worried. But uh, even if it did, like uh, we have a strained relationship for sure. And it has to do with like what, uh, like their beliefs and my (laughs) non-belief. Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of that. And like, I can't really even help it because I just don't believe it. And I'm not willing to pretend. Mm -hmm. So, um, and they do believe what they believe in to a point where it's like, you know, I see where they're coming from and I can't even like hate them for not like, uh, for being like, they, they can't be okay with like what I'm doing because I'm pretty extreme. Like, I'm like, yeah, let's do some drugs. Let's like, I don't believe in like, I don't believe in a God. I don't believe in like morality even and different things. But like, at the same time, like, uh, I don't expect them to like not believe. And I actually wish that I could believe in like the stuff that I was taught because it would have like, mentally it takes a toll on you going oh okay so if there's uh no god and no morals and no anything like what's the point and like if we're just all like made of atoms and like i don't see a certain point where i go oh that's where you get a soul like no you just like you're kind of a chemical reaction you're not even made of one thing you're made of like several different systems that happen to at some point like the DNA process or whatever you get a consciousness and then like is that where you get a soul because I feel like that's like everybody kind of gets that unless you're like deformed and then you don't get that and you know whatever but then when you die that that process is stopped and then you lose your consciousness and you turn back into whatever molecules and you spread out and you like it's still on the earth and uh you're you're dead but you're still kind of here and it takes all the point out of like your life and then you're like fuck (laughs) god damn it (laughs) yeah so like having to rationalize things that i like it's kind of like after that i have to go well i want to uh enjoy my life and i want um basically if i want to enjoy my life like there's um a pretty good pattern to go about doing that and like if if i like put out good uh like you get what you give and if you're always giving value that comes back to you if you're always nice and thinking positive and everything you tint the world in that view and then if somebody says something shitty to you and you take it in a positive way like maybe they're joking or maybe like they're having a bad day or whatever then your life is automatically a little bit better by that and I had that experience with um, with dealing with people who were very aggressive and made some extremely poor choices, mm-hmm. and they were destructive to people around them, uh, if not violent. And I have I haven't had any issues like with in a lot of I deal with aggressive people sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. And I. I've never, like, I'm not an aggressive person. I've told you passive, aggressive, insecure, and all that. Right, right. right? And so I'm not very um, threatening at all. So (laughs) around threatening people, I have never really had any confrontation. And I've been around other people who I've seen who were more aggressive than I was Mm -hmm. and more threatening. And I would say they were um, the opposite of insecure and not overconfident, but, you know, they got big ego. Yeah. And they've getting in fights with those people and other people often. I'm like, I've never got experiences in my life. Yeah. 
So I'm I'm too lazy to get in a fight. Yeah. Um, like unless like I I I saw uh, I was at this one party and this uh, this uh, friend of the friend who invited uh, the brother of the friend who invited me pushed his wife down oh, okay. and I was in the hot tub and like I jumped out and like jumped on his back and put him in a chokehold and then like got in a fight that way and that was a really dumb idea because i jumped up on his back and then he just arced his back and landed both of us on on the ground oh, sure. yeah so i i held on and i like uh just i didn't fully choke him out but i held like choked him until he stopped uh like really fighting and then i like slowly let him up but like that that'll fight for if I if I see somebody like beating up somebody else, I have very little tolerance yeah, for that. I agree. If especially it's like you know somebody that like if it's two guys fighting, I'll let them beat the shit out of each other. But then if it's like a mismatch and picking on somebody and like then I can't do it. Mm-hmm. But um, if it's me and somebody's like getting up in my face. I'm way too lazy to get in a fight. <laughs> like, yeah, <it's> like <laughs> yeah, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Just, just leave me alone, please. Yeah, I've uh, uh, there's this one guy who uh, I was with my girlfriend. I, it was her birthday. We were going to um, the jalapenos on uh, I think Holly or whatever. I yeah, I think it's in the Holly over by the um, yeah Holly, mm-hmm. but um. I took a turn and I took another turn and it it was like, I I remember going back and looking at it and like I had done everything correctly, but the guy behind me thought I was uh, like I had done something weird that he didn't like and he was so pissed off. He followed me into the, uh, into the parking lot and uh, parked his car right behind mine, had it still running and he starts getting out yelling at me like, you're a fucking asshole driver, god damn it, like learn how to drive and stuff. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't know anything. Like, what do you, what do you mean? I like, I could only make a turn right there. And uh, he started getting more and more amped up and then he pushed me on my shoulders and I was like, fuck, do I fight right now? Or do, like, what do I do? Something has to happen. And then, like, immediately I was like, it's her birthday. I'm in a nice leather jacket that I really like. And he's bigger than me. I know I could take him, but it would be a fucking fight. (laughs) And, like, I don't know what he has. And I don't know if he's on drugs. He's way more amped than the situation calls for. I was like, I'm not doing it. And... I was just like, I was pissed at myself for not doing it, but I still couldn't do it. I was like, the the risk and the reward, there was too much risk, not enough reward, because if I w- did win, what? Like, maybe maybe I get hardcore laid, but, <laughs> you know, I'm already getting that, so, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, it would have been an ego boost, but I don't really have too much of a ego. Like, no, I do have a huge ego, but it's like... No matter how shitty I'm being, like I am, I always think I'm great. So yeah. it's like, yeah, uh, I rationalized that away pretty good after yeah. a while. <laughs> like I was like, well, you know, I think I made the right call, so I'll I'll take pride in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I've done, I've yeah. Done the same thing. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, even with that, I was like, yep, you're right. I drive like a bitch. You know, yeah. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> you're totally right. And then he, he's just like, yeah, yeah, that's right. And then like. That was it. Like, there's so like, weird. what are you gonna do? Yeah. I'm agreeing with you. Okay. Like, you're right, man. Like, I I just want to go in and eat dinner now. Yeah. So like, yeah. that was the end of it. I mean, what can someone do unless they're like trying to act, trying to rob you? If you just like, yeah, 
Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. like at that point, like if I if I agree that I was a bad driver and I wasn't, what is he like? He wins points and I lose <laughs> points. Like I don't give a shit. <laughs> like fuck. Okay. Yeah. I'm 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 wrong when I'm not wrong. I don't give a shit. So uh, I didn't even tag it up with like a funny line or anything. I was like, get the you know, fine whatever and that was the quickest way to get it over with so like why not do it that way <laughs> i had a guy that was making a really poor choice i was doing 60 miles an hour 35 nice and it was like backcountry roads and i'm in the fucking van so he follows me from uh bellingham um like south of lake whatcom all the way mm-hmm. down to cedar woolly which is about like 10 miles i think and it took me like for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I was going to leave me alone. I was going to speed limit after that. Yeah. He gets out and he's like, in my face, spit flying. You can't fucking drive. I hate people in my area. And I'm like, I made a really poor choice. I drove really fast and I shouldn't, man. Can you please stop <clears throat> yelling at me? Yeah. And he's just like yells and yells. Because all I was thinking was, I just I don't want anything to happen here. So go away. Yeah. And not deal with it. And, uh. <laughs> especially with road rage like i'm very like cautious about road rage like if somebody's doing that like i've heard of people getting stabbed and shot and i don't want to be one of them i don't have a gun i have a knife usually ready to go in case that happens but like i don't want to stab anybody so let's not get it here yeah Yeah. (laughs) like god damn it i gotta explain myself so like (laughs) i didn't start it (laughs) (laughs) paperwork man God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. And so, with... Yeah, that, just <laughs> circle it on back. With your writing um, for comedy, you'll take something, you'll take a subject, you'll chew on it until you have, like, a really good understanding of it, and then things kind of pop out at you. Yeah, and it's not like I'm doing it for comedy. Yeah. I've, I'm trying to be careful about that. That's in On Writing, actually. I just read that, and I also already had thought it, but it, he was, like, a lot better than that. He said that uh, research is the backstory and, like, really emphasized the back in backstory. Like, don't you don't want that to be, like, you do research and then go make the joke, like make the story about the research and everything. It's like, no, you just want an understanding of what you're talking about. And then you have that. And then you view it through the eyes of like your life. And then you like, cause you're not only talking about one thing you're talking about other things too. Like you have other experiences that you've had in your life. And then because of that, they inform how you see this certain topic but if you don't know what the topic is even is, then like that's you do the research and then like you can like talk about a topic through your eyes and like um, if I was gonna uh, make if I was gonna make jokes about like basketball or whatever, it would really help that I knew. Um, how basketball, like the rules of basketball and different stuff, the better I know basketball, the more, uh, the more chances, the more opportunities there are to make jokes. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to just sit there and like build a set 
about basketballs. Maybe that comes in handy when I'm talking about a certain basketball player that does something and makes the news or whatever. And then now I know about basketball um, and I have this topic and then I can make like little ins- like joke, accurate jokes. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like, I'm, I'm kind of realizing that I need to do like a lot of like really deep learning on subjects that I'm interested in, like learn as much as I can and not to make jokes, but just because I know I will be able to get comedy out of that because like I'm already be able to get comedy. So why not be smarter when I talk, you know, kind of thing. That like the difference between results, pro- results orientated and process orientated. Because if you're focused on getting comedy out of it, you essentially put the blinders on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're it. you're looking at it through uh, comedy view when you're learning it, yeah. and it's like it it's that shouldn't be the top the reason you're learning it. You're like you're learning, you're trying to actually learn it, and then um, if you do end up getting something out of it, cool. But like that's not the reason you're learning it. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Oh, I got I got a bowl going right now, actually. <laughs> That's kind of hopeful in the sense. Yeah. Writing about your shit, like uh, even if I'm not using it, once again, yeah, the, well, the intent is not to create any kind of material for it, uh, for for really anything. But if I do it. And I write about it. Mm-hmm. After the fact, I become more knowledgeable yeah. at least quicker. Well, have you, have you ever seen somebody that you're pretty sure does not have sex ever make sex jokes where you're like, "That's not how it works." God yeah. damn it! Like that? Mm, no, it's very <laughs> obvious, very obvious, and like you don't know what you're talking about, and it comes through immediately. Mm-hmm. And like if you're talking about, that's where I think a lot of people get in trouble with talking about race jokes or like jokes about women or whatever because that really shows how much you know about that that group that you're talking about um you can make great jokes about it if you really are in touch with that community like but a lot of people are like oh like blah 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 and then it just like oh wow like Mm -hmm. you are very ignorant about like (laughs) everything that goes on with those people like like you don't know anything you have not been paying attention or like it's just like you like yeah if, if somebody says black people are like whatever and they're like totally sheltered from black people then they come across talking really racist, yeah. <laughs> like really quick or, you know, or just like incorrect. And like, it, it's like, no, that's not, that's not true. So like, those are extreme examples to like, just if you're going to be talking about uh, making jokes about guns or whatever, and you don't know any of the, the topic around that, like, um, like, even second second amendment jokes making fun of people that really want to keep their guns and they're like oh they're like er, and then like they they've never taken the time to talk to those people and see what their side is and see what their argument are and maybe they like superficially or on the surface they seem like they're really dumb and then you get to talking to people and you're like oh i was had in my head a caricature of who these people are and they really are good people and they are coming from a different viewpoint and um like for me i'm pro second amendment for sure but like i don't need it for self-defense 
Um, I, I like it for hunting. Um, I, I love shooting guns. I love guns as like a machine. Um, and I love like, like shooting them and everything. But I, I would say for me, the biggest topic on that is like just to have them, uh, as a check against the government. And like, that's all I really care about. Yeah. I want, you know, I want to make it harder for them, for like some crazy person to start implementing like things that go against how I view life. Like, um, if like it's outside of what we all agreed is like a good way to do it. And it's radically like, no, we're going to start killing this group of people and, uh, we're going to start, uh, having this thing. It's like, no, well, I am so against that. Like there's a lot of times in history where people have done stuff where, uh, like the, the leaders have done stuff to the point where it's time to get rid of those leaders. And now they have a lot of power and I only have a goddamn pitchfork. Like I don't really want that. So for like, for that, I would love to, uh, not fuck with the, like, guns but the other thing is like they're like this is a topic that i'm like very not thought out in and i'm trying to like get um wrap my head around it slowly but i kind of don't feel like um like people that go and shoot up other people with all the like that's where the gun control uh fire is being fueled right now and like uh, like we need to legislate and not let these crazy people get guns i don't think they're crazy i think they have some of them have issues but i think a bigger part of it is them uh, like going down a bad path of of thinking that is like leading them to there like one guy thinks that oh you're 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 sinning and you all need to be destroyed so he does something or the the last guy was super apparently a super like narcissist and he was like oh it's time for me to commit suicide and i think all these people are scum and as far as what i've uh re- like seen on it he was just a a scumbag that wanted to commit suicide and wanted to hurt everybody that was going with him that's what it seemed like to me and it's like there's a wide range of why you're doing it yeah well when you you know you're going through like the the system which um educates you Mm -hmm. as a child you know public schools and then your community um to guarantee or to expect the community to be able to give you um the skills or the awareness of um choices mm-hmm. and the consequences of the choices not killing people i just mean like you get down at that path the very beginning yeah yeah, yeah. start it's like playing fucking yahtzee yeah man i had a, kind of a rough childhood and i'm glad that i turned out fortunate for it i know other people who didn't and they were never exposed to like any alternative mm-hmm. well like the only thing that can pull you out of that too is like uh, a lot of times having a positive attitude at least because mm-hmm. if you don't at least have that then you're you're just never gonna because the everything good in the world could be happening to you, and if you don't have that positive mindset, it's the world is still horrible. Um, so you have to at least start with that if you're gonna get anywhere. And then, um, yeah, like if you're on that n- like negative mindset, it just if something bad happens, then you, you just get deeper in it. And then you like, it's like, uh, being like a barbed arrow. You, you could push it in down, but you can't pull it back out type of thing. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like the biggest issue with that is like uh, it's a very everybody wants a, like a fix, and I don't think there is a fix. I think it's a long term shift in how we see things uh like individually and as a whole and like we gotta like kind of like every like just what i'm trying to do is send out uh i guess not to sound too hippie but positive vibes you know and like be like um a positive mindset like i've had people get all pissed at something and i'm like why like it's whatever you know like it's cool and they're like, oh, yeah, I guess so. There's one guy, uh, uh, man, we were talking about people like flip. This guy I was talking to, one of his friends came by and flipped him off. And he started to get all upset. I was like, why? I flip off my friends all the time. Like, yeah. that's a fun joke. And it was like, it depends on how you see it. If you're like, all like, oh, well, fuck you. What did I do? You know, like, uh-huh. and you get all defensive or it could be like, make you laugh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it could either ruin your day or be fucking hilarious. Yeah, someone hit my, the back of my car and they were close to me and they didn't really have much money. And so I just worked out like a deal, a trade for uh, like a service. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then I saw I get to paint my car now. I'm really excited. I'm nice. Gonna paint like a little decal over it, then like a wolf. Nice. And so it's an opportunity, and that was uh, kind of like extreme. Yeah. But I've gotten to there because I don't know. For me personally, like probably through some practice, I was forced because I've been through, and not like relative to other people, it isn't nothing. It it isn't much. But I've been through um, certain adversity where if I didn't make the best of it, I, I, I would be, I just don't know what I would do. Like I'd be distraught. Right, and yeah, yeah. I'd survive. Yeah. I I feel like a lot of people are like depressed. Um. <coughs> like, I'll, I'll hear some people complain about like, oh, I I'm dealing with depression, and like to me, there's like definitely. Uh, like a lot to do with hormones and like whatever uh, mechanisms in the brain. But then there's also like sometimes people will say I'm depressed and I look around and like, yeah, I'd be fucking depressed too. You have a shitty job, a shitty house and a shitty mindset that got you there. And like you've chased everybody away and like maybe that is from a hormone or whatever. But like what what can you do to like at least make brighten it up a little bit because like you're like i i don't know i came out of a really uh like long um bout of being like woes me i had zero motivation zero oh yeah like i i like i would i'd work because i was kind of obligated to and then um just drink and go to bed and then wake up and then do the work and and I'd always be late too like super late and I would still get the work done last minute that I could possibly physically do it and then um go home drink and go to bed and not hang out with any friends not do like not I would like not like that if anybody invited me to go do something I'd be like oh man I'm busy I'd love to come you know whatever but no I got and then I go and uh watch a movie and get super stoned and uh drink some whiskey yeah. and go to bed. I used to do that <laughs> so much. <laughs> and like um I I don't know there's uh I I would have 
like not said I was clinically depressed, but I would have definitely said like, Oh, I'm, I'm fucking depressed. And then I was like, well, why? And I was like, what is the biggest thing that is driving me nuts right now? And it's like very obvious thing. Um, and I started changing what I could because I was super trapped at the time. Um, I had kind of built this world where I was hanging on to it out of whatever reason and um also like it was just constantly a source of uh like pain of like oh like you're you're i was putting in my best effort in getting like deeper and deeper in a hole because of it because like i was not willing to admit that i needed to cut things out of my life that i like finally did uh but the thing is like it was like, okay, if I if I decide that I'm done with this, I'm going to be homeless and I have no friends and now I will have no job and um, no way to like feed myself or anything. And it's been like so long of doing this, I don't know what else to do. So it's like, if I, if I remove that first little pin, then everything's going to fu- fucking crumble. And I'm like, well, fuck it. And I finally got to that point where I was like, I can't do it anymore. So fuck it. And then, um, I realized like, oh, it's not just like, it's going to be okay. Like I could, I could maybe start doing this or, um, uh, basically the second I decided to walk away from it all, everything started falling into place because I realized, A, I was a lot more valuable than I was giving myself credit for. So when I did walk away, I had a lot of people notice that, oh, well, I don't want you to walk away. And they finally noticed like things that like, uh, you know, I I realized that I had a lot more value and that people fucking cared. So then I was like, okay, well then you need to fucking start taking care of me then. And, um, then, uh, progressively got into a better and better situation as I was like, Oh, okay. Well then if that's the case, then I'm going to also do this and make this demand and do whatever. And I'm going to, uh, like sort out what, like I, I kept falling back in too far in like financial hole of like, I couldn't repair things. I couldn't buy equipment that I needed. I couldn't, um, uh, by clothes that I needed. I was like constantly like barely feeding myself and, uh, watching, uh, my money just be burned up by like where it was going. And it was just like, oh, okay, well, um, I'm not cool with that anymore. And I, I want, um, like certain things now to be changed. Like I don't, I want to eat right. I want to be healthy. I want to be able to enjoy myself and go and do whatever. And then when I realized I couldn't do that, I was like, okay, then I need to walk away. And then when I try to walk away, it's like, oh, don't do that. Uh, let, let's like, I had a lot of, um, I don't, I don't want to get too detailed, but like, I, I guess like, yeah, like customers that, uh, like when I, I basically decided to wrap up the company and then I was like, um, uh, you know, just stopped going out and trying to get work. Yeah. And then I realized how much was coming in where it was like, oh, okay. Um, I, I do have uh, people requesting me that I'm not even doing any work to get it. And I was like, okay, well I have this trickle of income. I can, you know, 
go do this for this much money. Yeah, I'll do that today. And then I was like, oh, wow, that was really nice. Like, I didn't have to go out and do anything because, like, I'm not paying for this. I'm not paying for that because I'm closing everything down. And um, then I was like, okay, well, like, yeah, fine. I'll go and make this money here and then be good. And then it happened enough to where I was like, oh, maybe, um, well, I had another reason to stay. So I had more reason not to close it down. So I was like, oh, okay, well, if it's coming in, and I'm here anyways, I might as well try and do it right. So then I started shifting things around and every, every time I do something on it, um, like now I'm kind of in a positive, like upswing where I'm sorting everything out. And yeah, like I, I was overwhelmed with what I need to do to keep it together. Mm -hmm. And I thought like, it's just going to crumble anyways. And, but I was like, oh, I can fix this (coughs) and I can fix this. And I could fix this. And every time, (coughs) every time I like fix something, then it made me be able to focus that much better on everything else. And it like slowly, it's like if you're, if you're like when I was a kid uh, cleaning up my room and then it's like you pick up one piece at a time, one toy at a time and put it in the toy box. And then all of a sudden it doesn't seem like it's so hard of a thing to clean up. Yeah. And then like you can also see the individual toys a lot clearer because like I would go and go, oh, OK, I'm going to pick up all of the Lincoln logs or whatever. And I'd go and pick up all the Lincoln logs and then i go and pick up uh, all the other whatever toys and i try and group them in a category because yeah. I'm OCD and shit. Yeah, no, but <laughs> then I'd come back through and go, oh, what? there's like 10 Lincoln logs still. And then I like I really quickly start, like when I was a kid, I've always noticed patterns, but it's like realizing that uh, like you're, you're even going to miss stuff. But like the, the more you organize things and declutter, then you're able to see things that you missed that you were looking for that you couldn't see because it was like too many things. And it wasn't even like they were covered up. It was sitting right out in plain sight. And I still missed like 10 of them. And it was like, what the fuck? And it's just that like there was too much information coming and I couldn't take it. But now that there's less information, I'm less distracted and I'm even more efficient like doing new stuff like the other stuff so it like it kind of snowballs and you're like less distracted and you're uh I don't know closer to the goal and you're more experienced and like the more I try to declutter my life and just do what I can and like like I don't have to do everything all at once but at least do something try and like figure out whatever I can and then, like, it, I don't know, it built up over time, and I'm loving life right now. I'm still hating life right now, but I'm loving it at the same time. Yeah, like, exactly. goddamn it. Well, you yeah. have to have that kind of, I think, that, that slight push in that sense. Yeah. It's going to be a dichotomy. It's just different proportions. I love that word, too. I like, I try and keep that. That's one of the ones at the top of my head all the time. Yeah, because exactly. the dichotomy is like, it's such a cool thing. That is one of the, um, the things I like to use for jokes. So like if I see a, a dichotomy, it's just like, um, that's like kind of a, a thing that branches into two opposite directions. It's like one thing that is two opposite things at the same time kind of thing. 
And when I can find those, I love those. Mm-hmm. So uh, just connecting that back to where we were talking before of like little things that you could use. Like I like I like doing that uh, dual duality things, and yeah. but especially dichotomy things that are the same thing, but two things that are opposite at the same time. Oh, it's yeah. like. Uh, a fun concept and when you're on the lookout for it you find some really fun ones i wish i could even um it's it's just like having a thing that is like light and dark at the same time oh yeah like yeah yeah Yeah. or like good and evil at the same time Mm -hmm. that's a fun one too like um like that would be a little kid cussing that's hilarious because Little kids don't cuss. They're super innocent, and cussing is super not innocent. Yeah. So it's, like, hilarious. Yeah, so, like, I'm always on the lookout for those. Those are fun. <laughs> I didn't think of that, too, because, yeah, it's like when my son, he'd say, like, my fucking neck hurts. Yeah. And I was just like, like what? <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be, like, not even understand that, and you're used to know what the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it goes back to the when you're cleaning up your room, that process orientated is opposed to being results driven. Because when you're results driven, you just see a big mess. Yeah, yeah. The process is is like, um, like you're saying, is those the Lincoln logs. And that's interesting. The pattern recognition, mm-hmm. be, because um, pattern recognition is very relevant as a skill. I, I feel like that is what made us um the the master species of earth right now. Is, pattern yeah, pattern recognition. We know that oh, I did this thing and it fucking sucked. Yeah. And we don't have to like kill ourselves trying to do it and weed ourselves our gene out that way. We could go, "Oh, I'm not going to fucking put my hand in the fire." And uh or, you know, uh even more so than that, it's like, "Oh, if I do this, this will happen." Or like just noticing a repeating pattern, like something that happens that will happen again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I, I feel like, you know, we obviously do that better than any other animal. We do it, do it so quickly that it could happen literally within a moment. Yeah. And, and like, you got to hack that though, because like, that is our, our, that's such a strong point that why not go, okay, well then like, this is where I should focus, like figuring out how to use it. Yeah, exactly. And it's being aware of, you know, what your, your tendencies is, uh, psychosocial, or just your physical tendencies and your mental tendencies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to use what you have for your good instead of whining about how it's, like, bad in other areas or whatever. Like, well, then it's bad there. Go find somewhere where it's good. Yeah. Yeah, and just keep going around until I feel like, uh, man, if you do what you love, um like you'll get you'll get paid for it yeah that's exactly it because if you do anything well there's inherent value in that yeah yeah it's always and that's why i like i I love today in the sense that maybe i'm just some naive fucking child barking (laughs) but like if you have a product you can go on kickstarter you can go on like gofundme or you have uh venture capital just there's options Mm -hmm. more options now and to not have to like know a friend who works for some big ass company. You don't have to be as lucky as you did before. Yeah. You put out a product and then, or a service. Mm-hmm. And then also in the form of like entertainment. Yeah. Um, if you want to create a podcast, if you want to make a show, do comedy, you now not only 
have you don't have to be just born in LA or born in New York or somewhere right. where you could rub shoulders with people who will take you there. You you have access to this decentralized thing of knowledge or yeah. bank of knowledge and you can do whatever the fuck you want with it. Yeah, and in in places where like you couldn't you would never get that in, like in a million years uh without the internet. Yeah. Right? Cuz you can't afford to drive out to the big city or whatever and you're bored at the end of the day and you're like, "Huh, I'm looking for something on the internet. Oh, here's this show that's a comedy show. Man, I really like comedy. Yeah. Like, uh, man, I should uh, try to do one of these around here. Like, get some friends together who like it. And they're like, hey, let's try this sometime. And bam, you got it like that there where that would never have been there. Exactly. I, yeah. Like, I feel like it's exploding. Uh, comedy especially is exploding. But, like, everything is exploding where it's like... We haven't even seen, we're not even a generation into the internet yet. We haven't seen what it's going to do yet. And like the next crop of people coming up is just, they're not going to know what it was even like without the internet. Like I was like, we're in that range where you probably uh, remember getting the internet and like what it was like before and what it was like after. I feel like that is a really cool place to have been born is where you get to see both sides of the fence. Like that's pretty cool. But like, uh, man, I'm really interested to watch the people that don't know what it was like and have always been like, um, able to get information as soon as possible. And they have a tendency to, like say, uh, I don't know this. Oh, I should Google it. Like there's so many older people that like, Oh, I don't know. I've never thought to look that up. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, but somebody that's been doing that all their life at the youngest age, they had a really good start, uh, uh, early start with asking questions that were easily answered. Like I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, I don't know where it's going, though. (laughs) This is me being completely ignorant in this topic, but just speculating wildly. There's uh, a thing that they they did. It was like an experiment. And a teacher did it with a student. Mm -hmm. And they blind people. They don't have... um, Their brain dedicates a larger area to the sensation of touch, mm-hmm. um, you know, smell, and hearing, because it does not dedicate, you know, a large area of sight anymore. So okay, and is this like after waiting a while, like, or like, like, right, when you blindfold them, then it enhances the other? Um, yeah, they did it with a 12-year-old, and okay. they um, would teach them clicking, and they just blindfolded a regular 12-year-old, and they taught them clicking. Over time, they were able to... Um, increase the area of like hearing mm-hmm. I think fMRI um, to see like the brain activity yeah and um, in exchange for like sight or some shit and so what I was because they did that over a course of six months okay so stretching it a lot of speculation would be if you can influence the brain by um, you know by exposing it to a, a different environment if you will mm-hmm. by demanding different things on it so if a kid was born, like you're saying, like my son, um, okay, daddy, how do I learn, how do I know this? Okay, just look it up. Right now you can use voice text. Yeah. And so when you do that, your brain is able to specialize in maybe in different areas because now it no longer dedicates shit, like to spell check for instance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. You, like you, there, you get rid of that curve of even learning the hardware, which 
is not really important to the topic that you're trying to learn. Yes. It's just a functional thing that's probably going to be changed by the time he's older anyways. Exactly. And if you have X capacity to learn things within a lifetime, that is going to increase exponentially given our tools. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense because like then you cut out learning things that you don't need to learn because there, there are things that like will immediately come become irrelevant or irrelevant by some point where like no matter how good you were at the whatever topic is irrelevant now and uh, moving on. Like I don't need to know a Roman formation unless I'm in that field, but like a Roman soldier back in the day probably would, but that's going to take up all of his fucking time and <laughs> I don't need that information. <laughs> like, yeah. And then like um, if you, if you were to structure humanity's uh, hierarchy of knowledge, you would have far less individuals who poke that hierarchy of knowledge. What, what do you mean by that? Because basically, they so if one guy he learns like the Roman formation, for instance, mm -hmm. there's going to be probably a lot more people who memorize the Roman formation in, in that military aspect, doing military things at that time, than there were people who were spending time um, studying physics and um, expanding on physics. Yeah, but maybe like. At the time, physics is not necessary as much as like, hey, well, like right now we need to protect ourselves. And then like it did probably did lead to, hey, like if we go over here and conquer this people, like we'll get a little bit uh, better. Um, like we'll get what we want better. And it, it like it, it was advantageous to do that and keep going down that path. So why not do that? So and, like an apples to oranges comparison. Almost. Yeah, kind of like... Um, but, like, I don't think that it, that had ever really stopped sometimes. Maybe what that would do, though, is, like, to take people, like, if if you have uh, soccer and football, um, the more soccer becomes, like, popular, the less candidate, like, the less recruits there will be for football oh. or like vice versa it's yeah. like whatever is more popular at the time people will go there and maybe you lose out on uh, the michael jordan of football mm -hmm. but like he was in basketball type of thing like yeah. you might get a genius or you might just take the einstein and put him in like um he's a mechanic and like he never gets his chance to shine mm -hmm. because he's like not where he's the most apt to fit so it's like uh, like once you start getting into like, I don't know, that, that like that's like, to me like way more random than I can even comprehend. Yeah, exactly. Because there isn't really much of a pattern to it because we do get geniuses literally at random. Yeah, but then uh, there's also like it's just the most productive thing to like be getting into. Maybe philosophy would have been a better path for people to go down early <laughs> because like all uh, like I don't know if. Like, I feel like the way it turned out, the way it went down with every, like, a tribe conquering another tribe or doing whatever is, like, maybe that was necessary because, like, the limited resources already and, like, it's kind of a, they were, like, a lot of times doing it out of, like, a survival of the fittest because, like, it, like, if you don't do it, they're going to get stronger and they're going to come do it to you. So, like, sometimes, like, if you're too peaceful, maybe that works against you and maybe it isn't time to be, like, 
soft hearted about like, you know, treating people like you want to be treated. Like maybe that works inside your group, but outside they're trying to probably trying to get ready to kill you. So like maybe don't. And, uh, like, I don't know that that's where I keep going to like cause and effect more than like right and wrong. And should we do this way or should we do that? comes back to like, um, what, what do we want? And like, uh, what's, how are we going to get there type of thing? And not like Jesus told me like that, this was sinful. Uh, I don't know where I just came up with that last part. That was way off topic. (laughs) That like kind of reminds me of, uh, I misspoke way super tangential, but like Hitler, um, in the sense of, some people would say, like, a uh, bad example for a German person, for instance. Because, you know, like, he's a representation of a group, right? Right. And, um, or even someone, uh, like, take a, a, someone in Christ- or Catholicism who, like, touches his little boy. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, and it's of that group. It's like, wow, that Catholicism is a piece of shit or whatever. And the people within, or the people within Catholicism are pieces of shit. I do agree with that. I, I do, but here's the thing. Like, here's the the contention that I have with mm-hmm. it is that I don't think there's, I don't think it's necessarily the question of good and evil. Right. It's uh, merely people who have gone on to just bad path unintentionally. Yeah, and uh, willingly too, though. Yeah, because yeah, like willingly. blindly, uh, willingly blind as to what's going on. Not, and I don't mean it as a victim. That is an important distinction mm-hmm. that I, I didn't include. Like, um, you, they have willingly, uh-huh. to some fault of their own, um, gone down this path. Yeah. And, and you, though, as an individual, are equally capable of going down that path. They're not exceptional in their behavior. Um, they're a deviant yeah. of behavior. That's, and I think there's a difference in the sense that you can't like, like then you you would say like Hitler's an evil man, and then you would say, well, people in my group were good because I'm doing a good thing, but you, I I I don't think he was evil because I don't believe in morality, but I do think what he did led to the murder of like six million Jews and like the. Uh, I don't want that. So yeah, no, for me, that yeah. for me, if I wanted to find anything as evil, for sure, like that would be what I would define. But it's like that's something that I do not want, and I don't want it repeated. Yeah. And so if I see that line of thinking again, I'm gonna be like that leads to that, and I don't want that. So let's not do that. I want a different thing that requires a different way of thinking. And that's what I mean is that. Um seeing as that we're all capable of that line of thinking, I'm not trying to trivialize right. the horrendous shit that he did. Right. But when I was saying that, I mean, like, you're right. You take a, take away the aspect of morality, mm-hmm. and you realize that um, everyone is capable of making those decisions, and even people that you agree with. Yeah, and uh, there's um, something that they're doing that got them there, like... There were people that were uh, prison guards uh, at death camps, and they were pretty much the normal population of Germany doing actually Hitler's dirty work. Like you could argue that they were worse, uh, like they were more monsters than Hitler because like he wasn't physically doing it. He was just being the root cause of it. But like I, I would be more scared of the person that could like take a mom from their kid 
and then beat the kid to death and then shoot the mom. Like, I'd be much more scared of that than the person that said it was okay in the first place. But the interesting thing that... But, like, that, that to me is, like, weird because it is a normal citizen, average Joe person kind of person that got down a line of thinking that allowed him to do that. And I don't think he's a crazy monster. I think what, like his line of thinking got him there and what was that line of thinking and how can like, I root that out to begin with a, like it might be a really a good thing when I see like somebody dehumanizing another person that that's probably um, a good thing to stop, you know, like, um, or talk about, and address early on before it gets to that point. They had the, a book though, and it was. Um, I need. I would like. I'm still my reading list. Uh-huh. But it's an account of uh, um, Nazi officers, police officers, uh-huh. and while when um, Hitler came to power and, and the whole process of it, and not like a, as a whole, it was just a certain account of um, certain officers, mm-hmm. and it was talking about like how it was. For certain, for these particular officers, it was pushback. So it was do this thing that you're mostly not, that you're like kind of not okay with, but you're willing to do. Yeah. And then slowly, but sure, it's like watching, a, you know, when a kid, a baby goes from uh, a baby to six months, and when the parents are with it, they don't think much has changed physically. Right. But then when the friend comes over to visit, oh my God, yeah, it's like so much. huge, yeah. So that's the, the same aspect, though, it was um, recounted in that book was that it was like this slow process to where you were demanded something you were slightly uncomfortable. You were constantly given an inch, uh, like shuffling back and getting farther into it. And the the idea of like mob mentality and stuff, like there's certain things Mm -hmm. that are literally in our behavior that can become manipulated. Yeah. Almost unintentionally. Yeah. Yeah. Someone made a poor choice and they got to a position where luckily... And it's, it's a... It's really easy to manipulate when you're not aware that those things exist in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then when you are, you can see when somebody's trying to use that tendency to get you to do something. Like maybe somebody tries to get you to fight by riling you up, by stomping on your ego and calling you a little bitch or whatever. And you're like, well, I'm not a little bitch, but they they knew that would be what spurred you on. And like if you know that, oh, like... I don't care if you call me a little bitch, like, like whatever, man, it doesn't like what, what, like, okay. Um, like then like, it's really easy not to get in that fight. Um, it's like, um, yeah, that, that was the point. (laughs) Jesus, I'm starting to get high. Yeah. Yeah. That when I was talking about like the people though, and w- removing the morality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's I, and I need to learn more about this point. I, I would, I don't know, I like to talk about it more. But you, like the people with uh, going for you know, gender equality and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, gender equality mainly. Where where there's now like uh, you take another group of people and it's pushing them down mm-hmm. to bring up another one, and that falls into a trap when it becomes polarizing to the point where it can become destructive again. It, it Like what really bothers me is when a, a, a topic like that gets so politicized uh-huh. that I think it, um, 
that's where misinformation gets in because you have a goal for what you're like doing. Like if somebody is trying to talk about this issue because this is what's going to get them elected, Mm -hmm. then like if something is, if there's a fact that is kind of like not on their side that is ignored or altogether lied about and then all of a sudden the, the what you're talking about has like some untruth in it and then like when for me when i find uh something that isn't true all i know is that somebody somewhere is lying and i don't know how much people are lying about whatever and then all of a sudden i just am uninterested because i don't have the time to do that research so like i turn off it's like oh this is another politicized thing that is lied about and that's the problem with uh, like um global warming that's why we haven't got our shit figured out with that which we really need to get on because like shit is happening but once it gets politicized and numbers get fudged and uh what's happening gets kind of like distorted then people are like no that's bullshit and they're right but then they throw the baby out with the bathwater. and like i i'm like always careful not to do that like with religion and stuff for me i see a lot of bullshit in there but it doesn't mean like there's not some really really strong principles and i honestly think that um humanity wouldn't be where it is today without religion um, like, I feel like that unified, um, countries that would otherwise have, uh, been at war with each other. And because of the, a common religion, they still had a commonality, even though they were not the same. So it turned it less us into the, or versus them. It's kind of like, yeah, but they're also Christians too. So let's not totally kill them all. And let's not like totally turn them all into slaves. We just win. And then we like kind of take some of their territory and let them be um, like it was very unifying. And it's also a good way to live your life. There's like certain principles throughout so many religions that are the same exact principles. And I also think that because just through uh, natural selection, if there's a shitty religion, it kind of peters itself out really quickly. And like they're just built of ways of thinking and like. The ones that have lasted this long have to have had successful ways of thinking that should be studied, and they all have their bullshit, too. That's interesting, just thinking about public schools, because in absence of public schools, you would want a a system or uh, an institution of thinking or a a set principles Mm -hmm. to be carried out through generation and generation. And, I mean, you never, public schooling is pretty recent, I mean, in, in terms of its availability and shit. Yeah. And also how consistent it is. Like, you know, a kid in New York is going to get uh, taught similar to a kid in California. But back in the day, there was no way to, like, guarantee that this little kid that you grew up isn't going to just try to eat people or fucking, or steal other tribe shit and fuck, like, fuck the entire community up. That's interesting. I never thought about, like, I never thought about that. Yeah, um, well... Like, like you, you doubt you give people a, a an idea of ethics to subscribe. Yeah, to. yeah. It's just like um to me like it's a uh, like 
a way of thinking, right? Like you do this and you do that and this happens and blah, blah, blah. And like, if it's like, um, okay, what we believe is that a, a comet is going to fly overhead and we all have to drink poison Kool-Aid to like that line of thinking quickly dies out. But if it's like, Hey, be good to your neighbors and like, don't, don't go and fuck your neighbor's wife. Don't kill anybody. Um, if this, and like, like there's certain things that are like, yeah, very obvious, but very like, they had to be written down some, at some point. And like, uh, like there, um, the Bible teaches stuff about having charity toward other people. That's a really important thing. And when you do that, it's like when you have compassion and you have charity, it's like when other people matter to you, like, even if you're not getting anything in return, it's like an unquantifiable thing. And I think people like to use God to explain things that they can't explain otherwise. Otherwise we'd explain it with that. But like, (laughs) yeah, but then like, it's still a thing. Like if you are charitable, like either God will bless you or like, to me, that's more of like, I feel like it's more of being in a uh, a giving mindset where like, yeah, I don't need to hold on to this money. It's not all about me. I'm comfortable enough right now to where I want this person to like be a little, if everybody did that, then yeah, that would be an amazing place to live. Like, so it is a good philosophy and it's a hard one to just explain as somebody that doesn't even have a law written down <laughs> like so yeah if you want to say god will bless you yeah fine you know that's interesting because you know um it's i think it was what's his name uh sam oh sam harris yes yeah, okay harris. I, I think he was arguing with uh <clears throat> fuck, i should remember this uh, pretty much anybody yeah exactly <laughs> with another individual from uh canada uh i think they were arguing about like the nature of truth. Okay. And using things as placeholders that you can't necessarily. Un- so when you don't have like a full understanding of it, but it's important. Yeah. You use fiction as a placeholder to enforce it. So like. Yeah. The don't eat uh, shellfish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you were to eat it during red tide, you die. Or- yeah, and like uh, I I heard like uh, for pig trichinosis mm-hmm. is a big deal, and like that that whole thing, and like all the kosher rules yeah. seem to like coincide with like actual, like that's, that's good logic right there. And that's interesting when you're talking about the unexplainable, because I was thinking about, you know, when, if I give to people like we were just talking about earlier, doing experiences that don't reward you very much, like a video game, for instance, yeah. um, that there, Instead of going through that process and spending your life dealing with that shit, you have the opportunity to be exposed to that that idea. To that, like, um, if you, uh, what is it? Don't covet your neighbor's yeah. wife. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, unless you want to say thou shalt. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the funnest part of the Ten Commandments, baby. So thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. <laughs> 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 Yeah, like, uh, that seems like a no-brainer. That seems like a really good way to fuck up a relationship and cause yeah. drama, and nobody wants drama. That's you know, like, us, if I mean, you want to get stabbed or whatever. Yeah, well, it's just like, um, 
a big thing is um with a lot of societies of any sort is like not like one once a culture or whatever codifies its laws and writes it down and like says these are the rules and there's no arguing about them because we pre-wrote them down so now if you go outside of them these are going to be the punishments for that and then everybody knows okay these are the rules so if somebody does fuck my wife and I we haven't talked about this thing and I just say hey that's shitty and everybody's like yeah that's shitty for you you know but then if you're like hey that's shitty and the law said you can't do that and so like now you're in trouble because we all agreed this and you broke the rule and like I like yeah like even though they're that obvious it's like you have to write them down at some point and make them the rule Otherwise, they're not the rule, and then you get to do that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That will swim to a different tangent of, like, that's why you got to set expectations for your own self and other people. Well, yeah, that too. I, I just see, like, the, the Ten Commandments are fun because, like, uh, that that was right after uh, Moses brought out the uh, Israelites out of Egypt and everything. Uh-huh. So, like... He he just told everybody that he got told by God that they need to follow him. In order to get out of there, they need to follow him out to the desert to do this. Okay, you got him there. Uh, now you're the leader, and they're a bunch of assholes who don't want to listen to you and are, like, really unruly. Um, what if I want, like, I need rules. And I also can't get them to obey my rules unless I say God gave them to him. I honestly don't think he was, uh, like, I think he was a little bit more conniving than people give him credit for. I don't think he actually thought that God gave it to him. Um, I think he saw, I, I mean, he was raised uh, with the highest level of learning at his time. With, he was Pharaoh's son. Oh. Yeah, and then he went out and, like, lived a hard life, too, out in the wilderness. Uh, like, he, he had killed a person and then had to run out. Really? Yeah, he, uh, like, I think, like, a taskmaster or whatever. And then uh, the guy ratted him out, and then he had to run. And then he ran out and, like, was, like, a, a sheep herder for a while and, like, lived a educated life and then had to live a hard life and become a man which you don't often get. You don't usually get a smart person that has lived a rugged life. It's either you're like a, you know, lily hands, like um, don't know how to work on a car type of guy who is like a Harvard graduate or whatever, and you wouldn't know, like if you saw a snake, you'd go, ah, no, a snake. And then you got the guys that are like hard worker like doing whatever but like they didn't get um schooling because they were working since they were a little kid and then like um probably not like the brightest because of that because like you never started your education or it had very limited but like you know what to do if you like if if your truck broke down on the side of the road you could probably go oh okay like this is whatever I have like a piece of something in my car that'll get me down the road enough to like get a real fix or, you know, like in ingenuity uh, and like field learning, like, yeah. 
but like he had both like best education and the hardest life <laughs> and then he fucking comes back and like you guys are goddamn bitches like <laughs> i i feel like that was more of that thing and like you guys are my people and like it's so fucking easy to do this like uh like he he started like um you know fucking challenging pharaoh and like just like saying that god you know and he might have also like there's there's talk about like he might have the burning bush that he saw that set all this off where god told him to go do it there's a thing um an idea that it might have been like uh an acacia bush i think it's called where it's like has hallucinogenic properties so like if if it has hallucinogenic properties and it's burning and that can get you high and you don't even know what that is, maybe he did think he saw God. <laughs> yeah. And maybe he also said, I need to burn this bush more. And <laughs> took of those. And like, maybe, maybe that's where he was getting to talk to God. Maybe it was even an ongoing thing. I have no clue. But, like, I see more man, like, more, more things that could have happened just in my life, if I was in that circumstance, and I actually think God was guiding it, but like, it, like eventually somebody's gonna say, "I see a way out," and um, we're doing it this way, and maybe or maybe not. But it was really helpful that God was telling him what to do, and not him telling people what to do, and it worked. They got out, and then now they're out in the desert, and he still has to lead them. And then next thing you know, God has given the rules where everybody needs to obey these rules and gave them to Moses who is giving them to you guys who not my rules they're God's rules but we're all obeying them <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah I'm, I'm fascinated with Moses and shit like yeah because like he like really uh like he was a watermark or a uh, watershed moment and and like so many religions or no Christianity and Judaism but um yeah just also for the that culture at the time and it like I don't know there's also weird things about it too like uh, yeah I've looked so little into it but like the parting of the Red Sea and shit where they crossed on dry land like I just watched this thing where it was like supposedly like not the red sea but the reed sea because of like translation through different like what it was transcribed in and eventually ended up like went through a few different languages before it finally hit here and it, they said there was a point where most likely it got mistranslated and and not read it was read or at some point just because of like how the the lettering was and it made sense but then if you take that and then there was this thing uh, at the same time where this uh, volcano exploded, like out in the Mediterranean. And they're thinking that it caused a tsunami. And right before a tsunami, uh, like, you know how the waves are coming. Well, first, it has to gather that up. So there's this point where it pulls all the water back. And you have a very low tide right before the tsunami. Oh. And it really makes sense that if it was already kind of shallow... And then you get this volcano that goes off, causes a tsunami, drops the tide down so you can walk across on dry land. Then Pharaoh's army comes after you and they get just annihilated by the fucking, uh, by the water, by a tsunami. 
like yeah. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. holy shit it's like it does make sense yeah and like you don't know what's going on so uh yeah well thanks god yeah. <laughs> like, like <laughs> i would almost say like if if you look at the red tide stuff as a placeholder for the unexplainable just that insignificant thing you could probably i would say i'd expand it to that easily yeah, well, it, it's really weird because on top of that, uh, God was leading them by um, a pillar of cloud by day and a fire by night. Oh. Uh, like, uh, yeah, and I would imagine that maybe a volcano would look like a pillar of cloud yeah. in the day and fire by night. And if you're going that direction, why not use that as a marker? Yeah, exactly. Like, like a lot of that really makes sense. And I'm like, hmm, okay, well, like, that explains things a little bit more easy than a supernatural being talking to a person. <laughs> like, if I'm going to believe one or the other, I'll, I'll, like, put a little bit, like, I don't necessarily believe it, but, like, it explains it better. Mm-hmm. And if it's actual an actual fact like ge- geological fact that this volcano blew at this time and uh this sea over here if they did tr- mistranslate it it would have done that like that's still a lot more credible than like a supernatural power to me like i don't even believe in a soul yeah. so i don't like really like it it's a lot easier to kind of see how it happened mm-hmm. and i think it's like important to, to be able to hold competing ideas um you know the very proportions mm-hmm. in your mind and as they outweigh then you drop and cut yeah like I, i've gotten to the point to where um like things with cataclysms for instance i went down that whole rabbit hole okay and, um i <coughs> You know, I've learned not to be just steadfast on shit because then I can become ignorant over time. What are cataclysms? Uh, like cataclysms with... Have you ever read uh, Graham Hancock, The Magicians of the Gods? Yeah, uh, no, I have not read that, but I listened to the like, Joe Rogan podcast with him, yeah. and then I re-watched the video of the last one, I think. Yeah. yeah I got the book. It's and, fucking amazing. Yeah, it is. And it, it's fucking... I got into it, though... And a lot of the things that he said made sense, but I know that if I were to, like, chomp down all the way, then I would probably ignore shit. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, that's the thing. It's like, I don't fully understand it anyways, but to me, like, it makes sense, and I... I vaguely put a little bit more trust in that line of story, and, like... It, like I can't prove that there is no God, but like I do have a general feeling of like I I just um, hmm, having a hard time buying it is all. Like, yeah, that's and that's where I'm at. Is like I I see um, it's hard for me to say that I understand something when I have not experienced it or I cannot have predictable accounts of you know the experience. Yeah. The like I can't even talk. I can't even explain what that that cataclysm stuff is. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense when I hear it. But yeah. like that—that's kind of where I'm good at. I'm—I'm I'm good with like kind of letting other. I do like that he's getting large amounts of pushback uh, for his ideas because if they are good, they're not going away. Yeah. And uh, I like that there's a resistance to change because if we did change that often, 
we'd fucking go insane. Like the only things that should be able to get by if we're resistant to change are things that lasted time. And I'm, I'm okay with them having to wait and like taking our time turtle stepping down the road to success, you know? And that's even with the scientific mindset or mindset, but, um, stretched and put, over culture and, and um, or, yeah, culture. Because I don't have time to research it. That, yeah. yeah. And the, the scientific mindset, though, is, you know, you're always seeking to dis to disprove your point. Cause it, yeah, to disprove your point, too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah. But that stretched over, like, culturally is having something that is being, it has to prove itself. Yeah. Like, it's constantly um, pushed to be disproved instead of just blindly accepting. Right. And people, like, yeah, um, dispro- like, if, if people that don't like it can disprove it, like, then that gets examined by other people, and they're like, well, you fudged this thing or that thing, but if it actually gets disproven, um, that's a good thing, and, um, it's nice that a lot of people are trying to, yeah, exactly. yeah, because then if it holds up to it, then it's probably good, and more and more people are going to end up on the side of like, oh, yeah, I looked at this and it's convincing to me. Mm-hmm. And like the old guard kind of dies out and it just slowly works its way up just because enough people died off that w- won't accept the truth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. <laughs> phase, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I'm interested in the whole, uh, what Graham Hancock talks about with, the sea levels mm-hmm. and as our sea levels rise like pre-cataclysm with the before the meteor um, allegedly hit like earth yeah 10,000 10, and 11,000 years ago um that this was covered in a sheet of ice where we're at and a mile high allegedly okay and if that were the case our sea level would be tremendously lower mm-hmm. just based off the notion that we always build near water's edge. And if the sea level rises one foot, we Seattle would be fucked. Yeah, right? I'm pretty sure, like, when, once it, like, raises, like, that much, then you go, like... Real, I've, I've looked at some maps. I haven't looked at exactly how far in, but, like, Seattle's right there. So that's our threat now. And if a meteor were to hit, which they, they have done, like, the... Um, glass testing, science, scientific testing uh, at different locations in the Earth to to kind of help prove the meteor. Oh yeah, like the uh, um, nuclear glass or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. In Canada and South America, and I think a little in Europe, mm-hmm. and, uh, North Africa. Um, they, if that happened, and what now we're talking about just sea level rising a little bit, threatening whole cities. Mm-hmm. If a meteor were to hit, it would theoretically have to rise the sea level way more. Mm-hmm. And if we build like we always do on the edge, then you would lose entire civilizations under unexplored ocean because we don't explore the surface of the sea level. Yeah, and on top of that, like maybe, like I don't know what we would have had that maybe would survive yeah. uh, being underwater that long, too. So I take refuge in that, knowing that I feel like that's like a, a lot. It's not like a, oh, he's correct, but. It, it makes me hopeful and interested because I know, like, even if that's possible, mm-hmm. lots of things could be possible. And yeah, I, I don't think we're near knowing, like, what has gone on. Like, our view of, like, our existence is, like, so little because, mm-hmm. like, we've only, like, 
kept track of history for like such a short time like we don't even know anything based about like our origin uh our like when you know a lot of stuff even that we know technically is all speculation like we're pretty sure based on this thing that we're already only pretty sure about like <laughs> yeah. like I don't, I don't think we're at all understanding of like like any anything and like um yeah, you could get super deep into it, but like I feel like also people like forget that like uh like maybe like there are things that like we're we're a certain type of animal that likes certain type of things that like that can be hacked if in a good way as well as a bad way and it's like why why not hack it in a good way? Um like we we like uh especially smaller communities um uh we like having a tribe uh something to belong to uh, we're really good at uh recognizing patterns and we're like good at uh like different things as if you look at us like like you would look at an an animal like a beaver a beaver uh their tendency is to make dams and cut down a tree and do this and do that and we're we're all sitting there building skyscrapers and shit and going oh that's not natural yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fucking natural what are you talking about like i do it here and somebody over there does it too like i'm yeah. pretty sure that's a human trait god damn it exactly yeah. and like animals you like yourself i never thought about that too yeah animals do the same thing they redistribute matter in a different way yeah and, and like people try and say that we have a soul and animals not necessarily I like well i think we're an animal yeah. we're like they're like built of atoms and molecules and like chain reactions and they have gut bacteria and they're like kind like whatever they're made of they're made of that thing and it repeats when they reproduce and if they didn't do any reproducing and they just died off the well then that's called natural selection so we only have this certain thing that we know um it's not the only possibility but it's the only like it's a repeating thing, so, but, like, I don't see us being any more special. It seems like the same mechanisms that got an animal there is how we did. We just kind of got more advanced in a certain type of thing that was called thinking and, like, um, rationalizing and introspection. And so, like, we went down that, but we're fucking shitty, uh, like, at hunting down a deer with our teeth you know yeah, like yeah, like exactly. if if we all had to go outside and live in nature all of a sudden we'd realize just how uh like far behind we were at everything else so like but we still can make tools and we still like some of us would survive and it's still the superior trait i guess is being able to like rationalize yeah. like it, it really helps yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you can just outthink Something. Yeah, I think that helps us be the apex predator, and like that's why we are the apex predator because like we were like, oh, I'm not going after that yet, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure I could get him in this pit. Yeah, and just longer until it fucking heart, its heart explodes, and then bam, we got it, the, and we know we can uh, like at least try doing that. That's an interesting like point to bring up the um, persistence. They're, they were kind of persistence runners um, from Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the 
original tribes, I suppose. There was a guy who went out there, and they, they weren't persistent in the way where they would run a deer, or run their version of a deer down and, like, jump on it. And mm-hmm. They had tools, but they had to get really fucking close. And the um, deer can only run, yeah, I think it was it was really fast, but short distance. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was, like, the in response to, to trying to, instead of, like, uh, a bear, which is opportunistic, okay, animal, um, either dead, trapped, or uh, alone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat it. Fawn or baby animals, especially. Um, or they see a carcass, they're going to eat it. They, um, you know, bury them. I'm going to eat opportunistic. Right. But with us, it was, that engages, like, when you were, when he, this guy was staying with that tribe, he was seeing that it was all problem solved because they would have to um, run this animal to exhaustion and the animal would be trying to outmaneuver them. Yeah. And, and so you would have to figure out, like, start thinking several steps ahead. Yeah. And it was something that they've, I don't know, historically have done. So for, like, hundreds of years? Well, it might also be, like, if you're if you're doing it, like, um, there's a lot of things that I'm doing that I quickly see, like, oh, this is going to happen. Like, if he goes that, that, that way, if I'm trying to kill him and um, he does that, if he does it twice, then I'm going to go, oh, he does this. Yeah. And then I'm, after that, the third time, I'm going to try and remember how he does it and, like, what the steps are. And then I just keep doing that until, I'm like, oh, okay, he's probably going to, like, spook and then run for a little bit and stop and then bounce over wherever and stop again. And by that time, he's probably exhausted or, you know, whatever. But, like, I think you notice patterns really quickly, even if they're not handed down with, like, like from more experienced people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I feel like it must have been, you know, just the demands, like you were saying before, because even with grouse, like, I've noticed, like, hunting grouse, mm-hmm. um, they bob their heads three times before they take off everything. Oh, okay. And so, oh, you can, yeah. <laughs> you see it, you can, you can time it. You know how long you have. Yeah. Then, well, yeah. like, I, I know uh, how to read dogs very well, so, like, they're very predictable. Uh-huh. Like, they have their way that you, you can talk to a dog and you can tell a dog what to do and you can be the alpha or you can be the little bitch or, you know, whatever. Would dogs be similar in that sense, too, though? Because with, I know they have the, with the Pavlovian test or whatever, mm-hmm. the, uh, they condition the dog, you know, to salivate when the bell rings. Right. And... Is that is that they can't recognize pattern, right? Um, just, um, I think they're not aware of what's going on. I don't know. I I'm pretty sure they recognize pattern because um like when I take my dog to the dog park, um she goes ape shit right when we pull into the uh the area. Mm-hmm. Like we're not even like if I go to the dog park at Patton. Uh, we're not even pulling into the driveway. We're just on Samish still, and she's already going, oh, fuck. Like, if it's a smell that she knows or if she remembers the area or something, but she rem- she knows where we're going mm-hmm. and why we're going there. And she's bouncing all around the back of the car going fucking bananas. Yeah. And, uh, like, she, she has to have recognized the pattern. So, and plus, I, like, I think, like, we're extremely good at it but i don't think we're the only ones because like that would also i think um yeah like pretty like uh oh yeah bring that up i saw a killer whale uh 
group of killer whales uh, hunting seals that were on these uh, floating icebergs. Uh-huh. And what they did, they all swam together. It was like choreographed swimming. And then they all started flipping their tails really hard. And then they caused this wave that basically came up and dipped the iceberg like straight up and down and then smacked it with a big wave of water and it just flicked the seal right off and they ate him like like they definitely are recognized patterns because there's no way that you could plan that out without like being pretty goddamn intelligent that is insane yeah yeah, it was crazy to watch. Like, it, it was like not hearing about it. It was like fucking watching it. And I was like, what the fuck? And they didn't show it getting ripped apart, unfortunately. Yeah. I, like, I, I'm always bummed when a nature video won't, like, show you them killing it. And it's like, oh, I kind of wanted to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, it, like, that wasn't the point of it anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, like, maybe I'm a, a fucking sadist or something. Like, God damn it. That and not showing animals having sex both of those really piss me off because yeah. that's hilarious i completely yeah. agree it's not showing the darker side of animals like with you know uh bears eating their own or other kids and shit like that. yeah yeah we create we almost uh, insulate ourselves and put some people who are never exposed or not often exposed to the wilderness um can then have their understanding of it can be malaligned yeah, and yeah, that's for sure, because like the more in touch with nature I am, like then I see things that animals do that we do that are like, oh, wow, okay, well, uh, we're out looking for food and we're looking for shelter and like um, uh, something that I have on the back burner of a research to do is Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Have you heard of that? That's yeah, fucking I dope. Yeah, it. yeah, that concept is amazing because that is so true. Like, uh, if you don't follow that, you are gonna, you're just going to be selected out. You're going to die if you don't first take care of, like, your immediate needs of, like, I need food and I need to be out of danger and I need, like, then, like shelter and stuff. And then if you have that little basis, then you get to uh, fucking, like, thinking about, like, things that you want and then start thinking about concepts and then, like, higher up. And then you realize what needs to be in place for, like, the higher level of thinking to be in. So, like, you really, it makes it important to realize, like, if this is going to be a doable thing, I have to take care of my priorities first. And it really helps me ground, but um, it also lets makes me see, like, um, when people are acting shitty, a lot of times it's like, oh, well, he's like, like barely surviving. He, <laughs> he doesn't care if you like him or not. He just wants to be able to eat tomorrow. You yeah, know, like exactly. that's kind of probably why he stole my shit and didn't like, didn't care or whatever. <laughs> and like, even if he got there a bad way, like I, I can start to see like, oh, like people have certain needs. And then like, maybe if I can help out those needs, we can bring every like all boats float with the tide type of deal. Like let's you know try and like improve every and try and get a lot more people on the same plane, and maybe we can like kind of like lift up a little bit and get to. I I really want to uh, live on Mars someday. <laughs> you know, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and I don't like man. Yeah. Meanwhile, like we're risking like totally destroying us as a species. Because that's the other thing, too. People are all worried about, oh, save the environment and shit. I'm trying to make a joke about it, too, uh, that it's like, 
we're not destroying the environment. There's no such thing. It's like each thing has a different requirement to live. We're only killing like ours and a lot of other animals, but it's not like we're killing all life. So maybe it's kind of a good thing. It's like, oh, this variation was uh, bad at looking far enough ahead to keep themselves alive, and that's not going to su- be successful, and they they went extinct just like the fucking pandas who couldn't figure out how to eat anything other than bamboo you know (laughs) and like they like though pandas will eat their own too and like yeah like yeah i I watched a youtube on it just recently (laughs) yeah and like they'll just totally abandon them or whatever they're fucking assholes (laughs) i am not attached to a goddamn panda (laughs) (laughs) they're kind of like bitchy assholes yeah, so I'm not, like, uh, too attached to them. But, like, like if they're dumb and they're not going to uh, ad- adapt to their situation, well, like, kinda let them go out. Uh, That's coyotes, because coyotes yeah. can... Um, oh, yeah, you can't, you can't get rid of those no, fuckers. The, the stops, or the, they're now shown that they can understand, uh, like, red light and green lights when they're yeah. roads and yeah. they're crows, too. Mm-hmm. Crows are able to, like, survive so well. I've seen a crow open up a fucking lunchbox. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a zipper one, it was a Velcro one. Go in there pull out a baggie, open up the Ziploc baggie, take food. I told her to get the fuck out of there. I felt bad. Goes back in, redoes it, opens up another bag, opens that shit. That's awesome. Like, yeah. You, you saw that, like, yourself? Yeah, I saw Oh, goddamn, I would I love that. Yeah. Oh, you saw it on a cell phone? No, I saw it myself. Oh, I Jesus. Was, yeah, I went up to the That would be like, so cool. Fuck away. Man, I would be trying to catch it and make it a pet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. It's... It's interesting because even with hunting, you have uh, like deer. Mm-hmm. If I can hunt residential, like right on the outskirts of town, yeah, I would have better luck. You could say it's because yeah, 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 yeah. I, Sun Valley is crawling with fucking deer, and they eat all the flowers and all everything, but they stay in the in the well they might not there's probably plenty around to kill too they're probably overpopulated if like if i uh had any instinct on it it would be that they're overpopulated but like uh i have heard of that where like um grizzly bears uh were like dealing with like um the the male bears would keep trying to eat the cubs and shit and so the female bears started getting, staying closer into the cities. Yeah. And then, like, because it was, uh, it was, like, not a place where the male bears really wanted to be. And if they were around there, they'd probably get shot or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, like, uh, like, that caused a bunch of problems. But they knew that, like, hey, like, it's safer to get a little bit closer in here. Yeah. And, but that's, to me, just a mutation of a. I've I feel like how that happens is somebody tries it first and it works and they're successful and then they have some more babies and maybe somebody else watches and they do it and they're successful and meanwhile the people that are doing or the bears that are doing other things are getting eaten so there's less of them so yeah. like the more like the ones that like tried the successful thing didn't get weeded out and they uh succeeded in reproducing their genes while the the ones that weren't doing that just died off and like not only died and couldn't reproduce again but they also 
their their kids died too. So like you know maybe maybe shit like that. I don't know. But the the those bears probably didn't die because that's not how it works. I think the just the cubs get eaten. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but but yeah. But then, then they, they probably say, hey man, I want kids. I'm gonna follow around these but people that have kids. Why couldn't bears though? Bears could obviously. This is very speculation, but there's a potential for bears to have a certain whole pattern recognition too. Mm-hmm. Because if they if if she got fucked. And she's just like, oh, baby. And she gets pushed out of the cub. And then all of a sudden, a month later, the, the fucking other bear comes over. and like, I want to fuck, bitch. Eats the cub. Yeah. And she's like, oh, all that work. So then she learns that. She could learn. And yeah. go within the vicinity. Or, or like you're saying, uh, could pass down the genes through selection. Yeah. Um, and that that's interesting when you were saying the in terms of natural selection and animals that are present today like a panda mm-hmm. you only eat fucking bamboo I'm kind of shit out of luck yeah and otherwise we're looking at them like a novelty kind of like a yeah like I I feel like if we are gonna hang on to them it's only for that purpose and I'm not opposed to that but it's like I'm not really sad if they fucking die either yeah, exactly. because they're they are that they're a novelty nostalgia thing they don't like they like that that's the other thing too though they might have an impact on their environment if they were around and it might be a positive impact that's the other thing too it's like if they can't adapt because the like the conditions change too fast for them to adapt like that that's also a thing and maybe what they eat controls another type of animal that is like now we got to fucking deal with everything out of whack until it figures itself out. And then, uh, meanwhile, we kind of depend on that chain to uh, survive. So, like, I don't know. I don't know the issues involved, but it does only uh, fucking bamboo, I'm pretty sure, and it's kids. Uh, so, uh, like, it is kind of weeding itself out, and it would suck if any negative effects came from that. But, like, that's the other thing, like, I always have to be, like, uh, oh, yeah, they probably affect, uh, the like, the environment around them, too. So it's, like, you know, probably good if things stay the way they are because, like, it's working right now. Try to live life tireless Instability, no traction Slide and skid when tireless I suggest cleaning up my act As I'm a mess Maybe don't have an act to clean Be yourself Don't be quite as stressed Every morning when I get dressed And face the day Inquire stretching Hey, what time is it? Sigh reminded I could make this statement Though there's life in it Time is death I take a great lung full of air Fear with no comfort aware It all fades away Someone out there will make the claim We have forever and a day But we're forever getting chased By our ending day At a neck-breaking pace A breathtaking fate that is several steps away I am less afraid of attenuating progressive age or devil snakes or heaven's gates more petrified of when I left my life I never led my life and let my life get defined as collected waste and never paved a legacy left behind to justify the months that I took up space watch an atomic clock go on and on yet it never stays nervousness I stress and say I'm in a deficit and I've got debts to pay listen to my pocket watches mocking talk definitely set to detonate chronological bomb but all in all life 
life is not so hard Walk along and decorate it with the friends you make Box of chocolates, farmers thought Life is sweet, we are teeth We enjoy it, then decay But I'm alarmed, life's a Wonka bar Some got tickets, the rest just ate Incessant ticking, and in my restless days I long for eternity like a resting eight But there be no urgency with time in an arrested state If seeking Elysium, see that C's is in cesium Atoms, phonetics arranged See us up an atom, searching for peace Certainty and ease, certainly uneasy Sure it's brief, but life is worthwhile I'll rest my case, but I'll wrestle with the evidence displayed Like the value of anything ever gained Is directly related to the effort you made to attain it Consider the rich of you, of lesser strain Who only see your silver spoon of special grade As an instrument or tool in a ledger state Those whose homes in ten and base in section eight Attending grades in an inner city school for the minuscule Would then be grateful to pawn that for a little food See how that perspective changed The minutes and seconds we are given our precious Presented with a finishing end that is set in stone Is a fitting attempt at a grave memo To optimize life and accept that we're blessed So I'll consider the grandfather clock's pendulum a metronome Supplying a rhythm for my life's decisions to rhyme right against it Wow, when that metaphor mind state's depicted I could start to like all of the ticking As father time and a quantum court decides The quandary of a slovenly squandered life The qualms of slop qualifies as chrono crime So calmly wipe his manu hands across his eyes Courts watch design frame face quarterize Cogs combine Roman numeral columns bind We columbine Chuckle as a watch us die Drowning fast in an hourglass picture Picture our quick sand that is dripping Struggling in intangible physics Cement in which we're frantically fishing Rubbing this hurricane land Earn persistently counting back and wishing desperately to rewind this lamp Earn cistern of sediment, no buttons, we're not on the set of click Getting younger like we're Benjamin But indeed we'd be behind in a sense as indebted to our age We are wiser and better, experience fortifies until time has us rendered Senile and decrepit, Alzheimer's dementia, all types of ineptness I hope I'm immortalizing benevolence I hope I'm immortalizing benevolence, successfully providing my genesis, given guidance and lesson to hurt, shed light with my lessons, perhaps be effectively resurrected, survive through the memory of an audience member, and then kept alive through my lecture. Einstein addressed it despite a finite perspective of a pint-sized pie slice percentage. Time flies, it said that timeline skyline, it's endless. The mind's eyes intense. Hindsight presents highlights, remembered primetime events with a limelight which shed of the life, life, light recollected. Fight nights regretted. No eternal sunshine experiments for your crimes or cryogenic sci-fi inventions for the right price invested. Just a lifeline that's ending with the twilight of death. I rate, mesmerized. There's no time, it's depressing. I write, memorized. There's no time like the present. Times of the essence. There's no time like the present. Alright, repetitive, but I'm terrified that I might forget it. Times of the essence there's no time like the present starving for a taste of life i'd like some seconds